five in three, two, one. What follows is strictly for adults. Put your children out of harm's way. You see, the following five gentlemen are clearly not PG. In fact, an R rating would stand for rude. Let's meet them now. He's originally from the land of Lincoln, Illinois. Then he moved to Georgia, and then he moved to Florida. How much farther south can this man go? Cuba? There's no doubt. This man is lucky Ronald Reagan is not alive because he would be calling him a communist. But don't worry, he's no Castro comrade. He's the president of the Bears Country Podcast. The lead host of their signature show. Now he's one of us. One of us! One of us! Aldo calls him the OD. Let's not call him a cocksucker. The other Dan. We don't know anything about him. I mean, we don't know shit about him. We don't know his real name. Is it Thaddeus? Is it Reginald? Is it Frank? I don't know. What's his address? Any of his friends? Does he even have any friends? Hey, we do know this. He's someone you better not fuck around with. He knows the Bears and the game of football. He's funny as fuck. He likes to fuck. And just like me, again, this is redundant, but he likes pussy. No man. This man was an extra on Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers back in 1994. It is believed he has more body hair than any other mammal on the fucking planet. And some suspect he starred in gay porn back in the 1980s. But there's nothing wrong with that. Now he delivers the Bears' state of affairs. He handicaps games better than anyone except maybe Mike North, but they're both good. He loves the efficiency of bourbon. It's Tooch. It's Mr. John Santucci. You know this gentleman as the Podfather. He created the Barroom Network in 2014. But 2023 figures to be a big year in this man's life. Medicare, Social Security, and erectile dysfunction all at one time. Hey, quit calling him white. He's tired of that shit. He's Puerto Rican. He's Aldo Gandia. I've been saying for three years on the Barroom Network that I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating. But now, I don't really know if that's true. All right, I'm just fucking with you. Of course it's true, but it's been a bad season. I mean, except for Justin Fields running all over the place. I recently got dumped by a girl on Facebook. My ex-wife's getting remarried. But don't worry about me. I'm still getting lots of pussy. I'm Dan Aguirre. These five are here to talk about the Chicago Bears and bear their souls. Hello and welcome everybody. Next to me to my screen left is Mr. Shorty, the other Dan, the OD, Mr. Dan Shortino. Did I get it oh, right? You got it right, Shortino. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Fucking Tooch gave you a lesson, didn't he? The other he did. Italian on this show. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Above him, his avatar is that of a wandering man. A nomad, 
His name is Nomad. At least that's what he tells us his name is. Nomad, how are you, my friend? That picture looks like if you ever see my face again, it'll be your last face you ever see in your life. Ever. <laughs> I like does. that. <laughs> it's, it's sort of foggy. It looks like a Jack the Ripper, like England fog kind of deal. Exactly. He looks like he's in the UK there. I think Nomad's in the UK. I just I just downloaded some encrypted apps and gave it to some motherfuckers to hack up some shit. That's what I just did. Nice. <laughs> and above me with a brand new avatar, a picture he just shot days ago. Dan Aguirre, how are you, my friend? I am well, and it's good to be here. Dan, Such a handsome motherfucker. Such a handsome guy. a handsome guy? guy? I just mean, a God. handsome dude. No, Matt, tell me the truth. Who's the most handsome of the three of us since we can't include you in this poll? Who would I jack off to? Oh my god. <laughs> Come on, let's give us some let's give them some no, posers. No, no, no. We we ain't doing none of that. Man. I, don't, I don't know, man. What the fuck you asked me that for, man? I don't know, but the other Check day. Your ass, Aldo. Show him your ass. It might make Aldo, it you first. Don't ask me some more shit like that so I can karate chop your ass. I swear <laughs> to god. The other Dan made some weird jokes to me last night about wanting to suck my dick or something and I was like I don't want to sound homophobic but no <laughs> I was trying to convince him too I was like just meet me at this hotel and he was like I'm not doing that so no but this text was like man I'm so appreciative I've, I'm having homosexual thoughts and I was like oh, no. I'm just going to respond to this and not acknowledge the homosexual thoughts part at all <laughs> well I got that from you Aldo when you and I were talking, you said, I, I think I just had my first homosexual thoughts. And I said the same thing back to you. And then when I was talking to Dan, I, he said something that I said, oh, I think I just had homosexual thoughts again. <laughs> I was sitting beside a woman at the time, and I was like, should I acknowledge this? She's like, no. <laughs> it's like, I won't. Well, I guess it's just you and I, Aldo. Just you and I. Yeah. Yeah, and poor Nomad is wondering, what the fuck did I get myself into? With right, what the fuck like, you guys hell, have homosexual man? thoughts for themselves and... What the fuck's going on here, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's probably thinking, you know, these guys are going to start talking about being in the steam shower together. <laughs> like, like, hey, man, I, I thought that was in the last half hour or something, man. What the fuck? If, is going if, on? If, if I may, if I may, last week you opened the show, Dan, by saying that you, you, you can picture yourself just slaying some pussy next to Nomad one day, right? Oh, yeah. So it's Eldo and I are just the opposite. Yeah, but Nomad and I were going to keep our dicks to the ladies, though. <laughs> that was the idea. Hey, Not I'll that take, there's anything I'll take wrong. Back, man. You can we have the rest keep of the show shit. open for everyone. I'll take the back. You take the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were mentioning the steam rooms. I had a friend from Finland at once. He moved to Seattle, though. But he was in the uh, the Finnish military and then the American Navy, too. He's an impressive guy. He knew six languages, but he was always telling me that it was no big deal over there in Europe for like seven guys to get butt ass naked and go to the steam room together. And I was like, I don't think that's a part of our culture here. Because oh, he was trying to like encourage me to like go to a steam room. And I was like, do we even have steam rooms? It sounds creepy. I'm not going. <laughs> it sounds like um, it sounds so, you know, mid medieval times ish, you know, not not medieval times, but Roman times. You know? yeah. <laughs> Roman times, everyone's sitting around in their steam baths. You you know what's funny? I remember in college, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever been anybody's ever been on a football team. You know, your roommates, I mean, your 
teammates come to your room and they want to just fuck around, bullshit, talk shit about whatever's going on that day. I remember one one time one of my roommates came up and just plopped down on my bed and just laid there. And I looked at that mother. I said, motherfucker, if you don't get up off my goddamn bed, the fuck is wrong with you? Everybody else that comes in here sitting in the fucking chairs, get off my motherfucking bed, man. What the fuck you thinking about? He was like, oh, man, my fault, bro. Look, some years later, come and find out this dude turned into a crossdresser. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, you know, this, that's no snipe at anybody who goes by that sexuality. I'm just telling you what happened. You know, and that, that was real shit that happened. Did you find out when you were going down to suck her pussy? <laughs> <laughs> the clitoris was, was a little bit too big. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what's funny about it? He's still my boy. I don't give a fuck what he goes. I don't give a fuck what he does uh, privately. That's my boy. For, okay. for life. No, no matter what. There you go. See that, Mr. Shorty? Go ahead. Transition already. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. I, I had something, but I lost it. <laughs> uh, all right. We got three major topics of discussion today. That is, number one, the arrival of Kevin Warren, the new CEO and president of the Chicago Bears. We're also going to talk about Justin Fields. I'm not going to even go further into that in the, in the introduction because I don't want to be attacked any more than I have been. Fuck you, Aldo! <laughs> <laughs> what? You're not a fan, Aldo. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and then finally, last half hour or so, I want to talk about some some of our favorite crime movies. We all we always like to set aside a little time to talk pop culture. And I saw some crime movies recently, and it got me to thinking. I want to know what Dan's favorite is, what Nomad's favorite, Mister Shorty, and hopefully Johnny Santucci will join us later. He's uh, he says he's just going to be a little late, so he should pop in around uh, close to nine o'clock. So. I uh, hope everything's wrong. Well, uh, Tooch, uh, let's get to the topic uh, of today. The main. I'm going to take a guess before you say that. I, I'm going to guess that Tooch and I are going to guess the same movie, or I'm going to pick my A. He's going to pick his B, and vice versa. I think they're going to be one A and one B. I'm just going to predict that because, you know, Santucci, Shortino, you finally got it right, Eldo. Go ahead, my friend. <laughs> well, I also wanted to preface by saying, isn't it? Doesn't it feel good? To have somebody that we can debate and be like you said, people will be mad at you for criticizing Justin Fields. At least the Bears have a player like that. That I mean, I guess to a degree, Cutler was a lot. You sort of he had more detractors than fans, though. So it feels good to have someone that has more fans than detractors than Justin Fields. Absolutely, I ran a poll asking that question, and almost sixty percent of the people said, "Are you crazy trading a Fields?" But that does leave forty percent who left it wide open, which I think is why. Uh, tonight's discussion is going to be fun at, at the very least. It, hopefully, I won't get any more death threats. All right. So I want to yeah, I'm not going to play a lot of sound from uh, Kevin Warren, because I think this 60 second soundbite really encompasses who he is as an individual and what we can expect from him to, to some degree. Uh, as a chief executive for this Bears organization. This is uh, Kevin Warren early in the press conference that from uh, this afternoon. This is a special time in the NFL, but most of all, it's a special time for the Chicago Bears. Everything's ahead of us. Greatness is ahead of us. All we need to do now is go and grasp it. Put in the time, energy, and effort. 
This is the best NFL football city in the country. We have the best ownership, phenomenal leadership, good, young, talented players, the best fans, phenomenal alumni, 30 people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's all here. And I am so excited, I'm honored, I'm humbled to be able to come to work here each and every day. Like Cornelia says, he's extremely impressed. It looks like the Bears finally put together a good management team. Is that Cornelius that we met in the hotel? No, that is not. This, this is a different Cornelius who uh, we have known here at the barroom for many, many years. Ah, well, shout mm -hmm. out to him as well. The only thing that could have made that presser better in the clip that you had is if for some reason he – Here's Lovey Smith, and he said, "God damn it, Green Bay, we're coming back for you again." <laughs> you know, just, I felt like he was kind of a little Lovey right there in this first presser. Yeah, you know? I did get that uh, impression too. I mean, and, but the the guy uh, radiates inspiration, doesn't he, uh, Mister Shorty? He does, and the fact that he took a demotion to come—he wanted this job. He took a demotion. He was the commissioner of the Big Ten. That's a demotion. Would you guys not agree with me? Well, no, the NFL might be a step up over college and theory. Well, it would be a step up, but I mean, it's, it's, he's taking, he's, is he not taking a, probably a pay cut to be the commissioner of the Big Ten to come to the Bears at the very least? I don't think so. I think this okay, guy, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think but, this guy, but I, do, I, I, have, I have heard through the grapevines that he wanted this job. He wanted to be the Bears president. And that's really all that matters when it comes down to everything. He wanted this job, and that's the kind of guy you want running this team. And some of the things that he said, he talked about um, the ownership. There's a lot of people that might disagree with the ownership and think it's shitty, but when he's giving that honor to the ownership, he's talking about a second generation of ownership in the NFL. How many other teams in the NFL can, can say that they have – the owner of their team is the second generation owner of that team. They that it has gone back that far. No matter what anyone thinks about the ownership of this team, they love this team. And they have been trying their asses off. They just don't know what the hell they're doing. And they finally got the guy that they're putting in place that finally knows what he's doing. And boy, I, I'm excited, man. I feel like the blind squirrel has finally got the nut. Or the blind squirrel was just sitting there and the fucking nut fell out of the tree and landed on his head. <laughs> Let's hope. I'm still worried about these coaches, but yeah. Nomad, your thoughts on Mr. Warren. I know that uh, I, I'm pretty sure I saw your name in the uh, Bears, Chicago Bears chat room when YouTube was up. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing you saw a portion of it. I did. I, I just want to take liberty right now. It's just really, and, and this is based off of, I'll be honest with you guys. Over the years, I haven't been – I've been living a hell of a life, man. I've been running around, you know, whoring and having a good time <laughs> of my life. And I'm just being honest with you, I haven't been tied in with the Bears other than watching the game, just studying the game and, you know, what they put on tape. That's about as far as it's gone. But over the years, I've heard so many bad things about the uh, McCaskies and how they run the organization, this and that all these years and you know 
after taking a closer look, you know, they changed a little bit when they hired Lovey. Making the decision to fire him, I don't think was the best thing they could have done. But after that, since then, I'm looking at this team right now and the organization, and they have a, a, a African-American front office in a world, a corporate world dominated by old white men. Let's be honest about it. And what I want to do is really take my hat off to that family because they must be some kind of, I, I think they're good people. I don't think they hired these people because they were African-Americans. I don't think that at all. I think they actually did due diligence and hired the most competent people they could, they could find for these jobs. And they turned out to be African-American. And thank you to, to those guys, the people in, in, in ownership for being willing to go that route and just say, you know what, the hell with what everybody else is doing. This is what we're doing and you're going to have to accept it. We feel like we're on the right track. I know they're on the right track. And so I just want to say thanks. And an African-American quarterback, too, which not too long ago was like sacrilege in the NFL, like just a, a generation ago, 25 years ago, they was like, oh, a black quarterback can't win. So like he said, the front office and the quarterback. So, yeah, the, it, Chicago typically is a, an enlightened town, and the Bears – look like an enlightened franchise and that does make me proud and i think they're the actual actually the first team to have a maybe even going back to what you said dan a black quarterback and black head coach and black general manager and black president not in you know at the same time but they they're the first team to have every one of those in their history yeah if you think about the first black coach was what art shell and that was 89, so it's not even that long ago. So you go from having Al Davis hire the first gentleman that happened to be black as a head coach, and now just a generation later, like he said, our general manager and team president both are black. So that's a tremendous accomplishment. You would think that would be progressive in the world, but as and we the know, the world general isn't that simple. Yeah. yeah, well, the world isn't that simple. There, there was a shooting a, a guy arrested yesterday in New Mexico, uh, shooting Democrats' houses. So, because of uh, Trump's alleged uh, being cheated. So, shit still happens. But, yeah. Man. Can, can I say something? Because, uh, please, I, one of my uncles, man, he, he's just as diehard as I am when it comes to the Bears. And this happened when he lost it when they hired, I mean, when they went and drafted Mitch Trubisky over uh, Deshaun Watson. He lost his shit. I was in Atlanta and he called me and he, he never calls me when it, when he does, it's something usually serious going on. So he calls me and he's going off and I'm saying, hey, man, slow down, man. What? And he told me and I, was, I hadn't even known what was going. I didn't know what was going on. And he told I was like, what? They didn't drive Deshaun Watson. And I start snapping and I was on. He was giving away and wanted to sell all of his uh, merchandise and gear and do all that shit. Now and, and I I guess I guess I kindly pulled him off the ledge and was just like, man, hold on, man. And he was talking about the uh the ownership, right? And he was, I'm like, I'm not sure they had anything to do with that. I think I'm pretty sure that was the uh football people in the organization. He called me, I talked to him. But you know, that's that's one of those things that I, I forgive them for that. Because I I don't believe the ownership had anything to do with it. 
this disgruntled Bears fan, I think, is a Republican. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's also Ryan a very Pace disgruntled was, Bears fan. Yeah. Ryan Pace was so enthralled by the fact that Mitch Trubisky used Jim McMahon as an alias at a restaurant that he fucking drafted him and then traded a pickup to get him that he didn't have to trade. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, I got to tell you, the number one thing that was talked about at this press conference today was uh, Arlington Heights because that is the next big thing on the horizon for the Bears outside of free agency and perhaps the draft. The Chicago Bears have been targeting the first quarter of 2023 uh, to make the official purchase of the Arlington Heights process. I don't think that's going to happen now because uh, uh, Kevin Warren is going to have some input and input, and they're going to want to take take a look at things. He talked incessantly this morning about having a methodical approach to the acquisition of this land. So it's it's this could still not happen. It is likely to happen, but it could still happen. And he was asked, "What's uh, most appealing about the Arlington Heights location?" Because I'm a you know, stadium nerd, I would say, even when I had heard about the Arlington Park opportunity, I drove out there one day on my own just to kind of look around. Um, again, I always look at what, you know, what, what are the assets on the, on the chessboard? And the un unique thing of, about Arlington, it has some different unique factors. One is the space. You know, you don't get many times to have over 300 acres, um, you know, close to the city. And um, so there's some unique aspects. I know our focus will be to making sure that we close on, on the land. And, and again, I just wanna, like I said early on, be very methodical to make sure that we get that process done first and see what happens next. But it, it, it is a very attractive, unique stadium site. So I think this is going to happen, guys. Is, did anyone have some hesitancy about I know, Dan, you didn't listen to the to the press conference, uh, but Mr. Shorty and Nomad, did you get any hesitancy at all regarding this being a done deal? Not, not at no. all. No. Not at all. I think, I think he, I think they kind of cemented it today. But you know, I'll be honest with you, Ned. The hardest thing for me, and I, I, I don't have any. It's hard for me to gauge a concept behind acreage, and you know, I don't, I don't, you know. I, space i don't see it in acreage but i know 800 some odd acres is a lot of fucking land i just know that and just imagine trying to picture how much space that is and what you can do with it is some it's a hell of a thought and, and your, your mind goes crazy at what could be behind that i'm thinking you know and, and once the place is there and it's established and whatever they're gonna do as far as the amenities around it it's going to be interesting, but it's the opportunities that will come of it. You know what I mean? Jobs and all that stuff that's going to come behind it. It's going to be very prosperous for this area. I'm, I'm just so happy that it's happening here. And I, I'm just watching some of the kind of stuff in chat here. I saw Tao, Toa saying that uh, it's a great spot for a stadium, no doubt, just missing the skyline and lakefront. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people missing that, but when you're sitting in a stadium, what does it matter? Did you you're say Tua was in the chat room? <laughs> Wondered where he was Sunday. I was like, man, if the Dolphins just had him playing, they beat Buffalo. But, you know, now he's in the chat room. It's pronounced Tua, right? 
Eldo? Toa, right? I think it's Toa. Yeah, Toa was saying that the skyline will be missed and all that, but I was I just mean, making a joke about Miami's corner. You, you guys think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. We're talking about 800-odd acres of land. There's gonna. I think when they're done with that, there's going to be nothing quite like that, what, they, what they're able to build with that much, that much acreage. Nothing quite like it in the league. And for all the people that criticize it, saying it's outside of, of Chicago, like the gentleman that just made a comparison to the Cowboys stadium, think about that. Dallas's stadium before was in Irving, Texas, not Dallas, Texas, and now it's in Arlington, Arlington Texas. Texas. Again, not yeah. in Dallas. San Francisco plays in Santa Clara. The Jets and the Giants play in fucking New Jersey, not even San New York. Francisco doesn't play in San Francisco. That's what I said. They play in Santa Clara. Oh, so yeah, right. this is this happens elsewhere too. And and as Aldo can attest, I mean his house, Arlington Heights, what a half hour ride from Chicago. It's not that far away. So. Yeah, you know, it, it, it with traffic, of course, for a Bears game, that's probably going to maybe double. But nonetheless, location isn't terrible. The, the one thing that I spoke with uh, Neil Stopchinsky today, and he reminded me what an economic input impact this is going to have for the people in the South Loop who will be losing the Bears. Uh, Neil frequents a lot of small businesses, businesses owned by independent uh, owners and so forth. And they've all been telling them, yeah, if the Bears move out of here, I'm going to lose 40, 50 percent of my income uh, because we, we our business is geared towards having those Bears fans come in on weekends when there's home games. And of course, there's only what? Uh, eight, nine home games, regular season games, uh, and a couple uh, or one or two exhibition games. But that, nonetheless, that still has a huge impact. And I, I told him, yeah, it's like Bourbonnet was. When the Bears left Bourbonnet to go to Hallis Hall, those businesses over there suffered. So there is going to be some people who prosper economically with a move like this, and there are going to be some who suffer uh, and will have to figure out other ways to generate the income. They're going to the substantial income they're going to lose. You know, but outside of that, me personally, I'm ready to have a new experience, uh, a state of the art experience. And Arlington Heights right now presents the best possibilities of that. Despite how impressive that rendering was that Mayor Lightfoot uh, put out, it was just too late, uh, too little, and she should have done that two years ago, three years ago. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because they, they still won't own the stadium. Mm -hmm. As you said today, and I, I brought it up in chat and the Greg and Aldo, or the Greg show, the Greg Gabriel show, I should, I'm sorry. Greg Greg Gabriel talks football show uh, in chat that why don't they just buy the, the land? And you brought it up. They can't buy it. It's owned by the park district. It's, it's, it's historic. They can't own it. Aldo, so, what do you think? I'm sorry, Dad. With the, your point about the Chicago Park District, do you think all these years the Bears would have stuck with the regular grass if they owned the stadium? Because, I mean, there have been so many complaints over the years. Do you think maybe they'd gone to a field turf if they owned the stadium? Or is that uh, was that influenced by the Park District? I never knew the answer to that. Well, the Park District stand is that they work closely with the Chicago Bears. And what the Chicago Bears want, they normally deliver – it may not be that year or it may not be in two years because budgets have to be approved by city councils and committees and crap like that. So when 
every stadium in the NFL had high definition screens and the bears were the only ones that still had standard definition screens. It looked like I was watching old UHF uh, channel when I would go to the bears game after having paid a couple hundred dollars for a, for a ticket. It was ridiculous, but the park district is mostly to blame. Although I do question Ted Phillips lack of leadership in getting stuff done with the park district. I think he was part of the problems. And one of the things that Warren impresses me so much is that it looks like he knows how to build relationships with people and, and make people do what he wants. He's, he's, he sounds that savvy of a guy. So wherever they are, the Bears are going to probably get a little bit more than we expect just simply because they got a master negotiator in Kevin Warren and did not have in Ted Phillips. Long-winded answer saying. No, I don't no, I appreciate the long-winded answer. I just didn't know if the fact that they had bad grass was somehow tied to it politically or if the Bears were happy with the bad grass. You know, I, I never knew the answer. No, it's a, definitely a park district issue, but I, I, I think Ted Phillips deserves some of the blame as well. I believe, I believe they. This has been a this has been a bad situation for this organization for a long time, but I think just like, I don't think any other organization in the league really has this problem. I think, I think we're so steeped in tradition, and afraid to shift and move away from it, meaning that okay. I know this situation. I'm thinking as an, as maybe an owner or something. I know this situation is bad for us as owners of the team, but this is what the fan base is used to. It's right here on the way. Everybody knows it. You know, it's everybody has come accustomed, become accustomed to what this is, and change from that. I think is 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 a struggle for most people. Most people struggle with the idea of change. I think in time, after the possibilities become apparent, I think people will be fine. I, I, I know it's been a bad situation for a long time, and it's, it's due. It's time for us to get the fuck out of there, and the fans will come to Jupiter if we, get, if we go to Jupiter. They'll be there. Trust me. They will adjust. All the, all, it's just people whining and crying about change. I get all that stuff. It's convenient for them if they live in that area. The people that are getting old money because they've been adjacent to the uh, stadium and all that stuff, let somebody else get that money. They'll, they'll. I mean, you, you made a lot of money over the years. Let somebody Your else. Time is over. Right. Yeah. It, it's it, the Bears need to own their own stadium. Every other team, oh, they can't fucking rent the stadium anymore from the park district. If they can't buy the land, then they have to own their own stadium and their own land. And they have to move. And like everyone just said, a great point. It's going to be a massive, beautiful complex when they're done. 800-something acres, that's, that's hard to even fathom. And the, the complex that they're going to have is going to be so uh, state-of-the-art. 300, 300 acres. Oh, not sorry. 300-something acres still. That's a yeah, lot of acres. David Koresh have 300 acres? I mean, it's 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 going to be a state of the art complex. It's going to be amazing. There's nothing you can ask for more. That's another person you can add to the list. Uh, is Mr. Shorty also looks like David Correct? Oh my God. <laughs> 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 
I'm going fucking Robert De Niro from here on up, guys. <laughs> if you get out a guitar and start singing, man. <laughs> That's it. From here on up. I'm fucking Robert De Niro. I got to go like this. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> so that's yeah, uh, so on point. Steve oh. Karnacki, uh, Mark Tressman, <laughs> David Koresh. <laughs> how about now? Huh? How about now? Huh? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> David uh, Koresh. Hey, no man got to piss on that note, man. I got. I'll be right back. So <laughs> right. let me play this other one. Uh, it's off the Ellington Heights uh, topic to some degree, but he was asked, why the Chicago Bears? Why did you ch choose to join this organization? Go ahead and play that, <laughs> You, you. <laughs> Many of people have asked me, why the Bears? Why this time? It's because of the, the challenge, the opportunity. I trust Ryan. I trust Coach Matt that we're going to do things the right way. We're not going to take shortcuts. We're going to build an incredible franchise. I came here to win championships, to win the NFC North, to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl, to help shepherd and lead a stadium development project, to embrace our alumni, to embrace our history and tradition, and to embrace the absolutely incredible Chicago Bear fans. Man, he talks about not wanting shortcuts. He wasn't here this year then. Jesus Christ. You talk <laughs> about taking shortcuts to get that number one pick. <laughs> How about it? <laughs> yeah, like the, the quarterback situation at the game we were at two weeks Ooh. ago. Oh, my gosh, yes. Or a week ago, I guess, a little over a week ago. It's like, ah, yeah, you know, Peterman, he's doing okay. Put that other guy, we don't even know his name, put him in, 17. We can't <laughs> win today. Jeez. Boyd. Remember, don't forget the name Boyd because this it is – It was Boyle, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, you're right. He was a boil on the Bears' asses is what he was. That's how bad he was. That's right. This is something we'll be talking about, Dan Aguirre, many, many years from now. Hey, I remember I went to that game. It was the fucking game that got them the number one draft pick, and everything changed from then on. I, so I still think that, in hindsight, what's going to save that game for me if I'm lucky enough to live you know, 20, 30 more years or what have you is the, the lovey stuff at the end. With Lovey going for two and the irony and the fans being so happy for Lovey and for helping us. That, like, made the whole day for me. Yes. And by the way, we need to stop with uh, Lovey Smith, bring him back as defensive coordinator. If he accepts another job, he's going to lose out on almost $15 million, and he's in his mid-60s. I don't think he wants to do that to his family to take a, a D.C. job that's going to pay him up not even a million dollars because I don't think there's a D.C. in the league that makes a million dollars. What do you say, Robert De Niro? I, to be honest, I, you guys have completely fucking lost me. I had to look up David Koresh. And, uh, it's the glasses. I, I'm taking off the fucking glasses. <laughs> no, I, I had to bring them up to remind myself. And uh, fuck the glasses, okay? 
The Clinton administration took a lot of heat. No I'm pun intended. Looking like Robert De Niro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw in my eyebrows with a, a fucking dry erase marker like I did tonight, just to make myself look a little more, uh, a, a little less David Koresh. Well, I was gonna say the Clinton administration took a lot of heat, or specifically Janet Reno for sending the ATF in there that resulted in all, the, all those fires and stuff. I mean, it was a big news story, man. Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. Like this ago. When you when you talk to me, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I know what you're saying, guys. <laughs> uh, all right. I want to play a little bit uh, of sound from Ryan Poles, sort of almost forgotten in this whole thing. Not really forgotten, but um, I, I stumbled upon the interview that he did after the press conference because it wasn't part of the live feed. In fact, we lost about at least 30 minutes of that live feed uh, today. It was a really bad impression for the Chicago Bears IT and video team <laughs> that on the first day of their new boss, the CEO of the company, they, don't, they can't get their fucking feed out to the fans. That had to be very embarrassing for them and, and not good for their future job prospects. <laughs> but so anyway, Poles was not part of the live feed, and uh, he was asked a couple of questions that I think we'll be interested in, in, in learning about, uh, learning his responses. So one of the things he likes about uh, Kevin Williams, he was, by the way, part of the uh, search team. Uh, he, they talked together. Poles talked with the three or so finalists. But this is what Poles said about uh, 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 Warren helping him move the team forward. I think the journey to a sustained um, success, I think, has to be done a certain way. It has to be done through the draft, uh, being selective in free agency, regardless of how much money you have. Um, those things have to be there. So in order to sustain, you got to do some things the right way from the jump start. Um, and he's on board with that. So I think that's, that's really good to see things the same way. Paul's a suit there. It looks like it needed, like, he needs a tailor or something. All that money he's making. <laughs> It looks like me wearing a suit. Like, it just doesn't fit right. It just looks uncoordinated. I thought the same thing. It's like, dude, you're making millions. What's up? That's well, because he's a fucking down-to-earth guy. He's doing his own shit. He's like, fucking, I, don't, I can't make my own tie. I mean, That's straight off the rack from J.C. Penny or something, man. <laughs> That's right. He went over to Coles and was like, I like it. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still having flashbacks in my head of thinking, just imagining Mr. Shorty offering me a glass of tea. <laughs> <laughs> like this motherfucker trying to kill me. <laughs> I don't trust this motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this is uh, Paul's talking about uh, being challenged by war. 100%. Um, I'll say this. You know, I, I got that to a degree uh, with Ted and George before the draft, before free agency. We'd get together. I'd go through the plan. Uh, they'd ask questions. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about this? Have you thought about that? Um, so I, I would assume that that's going to stay the same. But getting another perspective in here that's seen uh, different organizations kind of come up uh, through that process to challenge and ask questions, I absolutely love that. God, that it. jacket. I'm sorry, I can't get past it. It looks like he's wearing a medium jacket and he needs a fucking extra large. That's, that's <laughs> That's the Chicago pizza, man. He loves that shit, man. What That's the Chicago pizza. <laughs> I, I ride past some of these Chicago pizza joints, these tavern-style pizza joints, and my jeans get tight as fuck. And I know that's you nailed it, Nomad. You nailed it. Right? 
He's like fucking pizza and Italian beefs. <laughs> Holy shit. Chicago food is a motherfucker, man. Fucking A, man. We we all have to fast. Just keep from getting fat. You know, all your, like, all, your, all your clothes getting all tight. You got to get a tailor to loosen up shit. Especially like, now, right around this time of year, you're like, oh, oh yeah. it's it's <laughs> cold as fuck outside. You're like, everybody, everybody snuggling with I got to buy a new pair of jeans. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got fat guy clothes. You got skinny guy clothes. <laughs> hey, 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 if you if, if you broke He's learning. and hungry, if you broke and hungry in Chicago, you, you don't like fat women because there's plenty <laughs> of them out there. <laughs> that is good. Uh, all right. One last one from Post. I got a few of them here, but let me let me get to, to this one now. War, about Warren helping him with roster construction. Yeah, it's the same as what it's been uh, this past year. Uh, what I like to do is, is like we're doing right now, we're getting free agency kind of lined up as much as we can. And when we get uh, a week or two out, um, I like to sit down with both uh, Kevin and, and George and, and talk about how we value certain players, who we want to go after, what's our plan A, B, and C, uh, and then get their feedback on, on how they feel about it too. So we make sure that we're hearing from all sides on uh, how we're building our roster. So I, I don't imagine it would be too much different. He has a lot of knowledge, especially being in the Big Ten around those players. Um, I think that's big. He's, he's been in the, uh, what do they call them, the uh, opening media days that they have. So he's been able to spend time with the players. I think the other thing that I probably didn't hit on either is I've always thought colleges are a little bit ahead of the NFL teams in terms of you heard him talk about mental health. Uh, we take pride in how we've kind of set it up here, but there's probably a lot of really cool things that a lot of schools have done um, to put their athletes in the best situation possible. So I would love to hear you know more about that too. The Bears met him from the live feed because of his suit. No man, you're right. No man, I just bought this exact same tie at Walmart today. It's the same fucking tie. Oh it's a Walmart tie. Look at that. Go oh, back. Look impulse at tie. Go back up. It's the same fucking tie. There's <laughs> the tag on it. Yeah, it's the same as what it's been. It's the same fucking tie. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as what it's been. Uh, this If you look back at his introductory press conference, he had the same shit on. I, I, you know what? I, you know what? I, I've been looking. I looked at this uh, presser. <laughs> Probably three times now, and I think they're at, they're at, they're probably at war about where to build and build this team because they have a lot of money to spend. I think Ryan Pose was making a point to drive home. You build this team through the draft. He said that how many times? Too many times to count. Yep. I think somebody is pressuring him to build this team with the money you have in free agency. I think he was, and and I might be just you know, going crazy with my thought process, but I think he was making a point there. I think somebody is pressuring him to spend that money and get a whole bunch of, you know, free agents. If, if this motherfucker is buying his tie, his same tie from Walmart that I just bought today for a future... Is that a clip-on? No, I wish it was. I wanted it to be a fucking clip-on, but it's not. I have to fucking actually figure out how to use this. Yeah, for a future I always have to but, get someone to tie my tie. I, I have no fucking this, idea what I'm this doing. Is a <laughs> it's, it's a $10 Walmart tie, guys. If this guy is buying a $10 Walmart tie, I think that says good things about the Bears' future. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, this, this is going to be the most frugal Bears organization. What was it Ditka said about uh, 
Hallis uh, throwing around nickels like they were manhole covers. Yeah. <laughs> we might be McMahon had a similar instance. He's, you know, the, the he's drafted and Hallis is telling him, well, you got a bad eye, a bad arm. Why don't you go to Canada, kid? And he's like, well, why the hell did you draft me? And if uh, <laughs> people early on, he had, because remember the Roselle thing with the headband. Yes, uh, yes. The yes. organization suggested instead of writing Roselle on to write Hallis on, he's like, I'm not going to, I have no reverence toward George Hallis. George Hallis didn't want to pay me and, and, and was a dick to me. And I don't know if people remember, he actually held out a little bit and eventually just took the deal because he said, I want to play football. Fuck this. So that's why I ended up taking a deal. Anybody ever, I know Aldo has, I know you guys, I know most of you guys have been in higher end restaurants in wherever, whether it was Chicago, Atlanta, New York, wherever you were at, have you ever been in higher-end restaurants is, is my question, and I got to follow-up. I took Dan to one when we were in Cleveland. We went to, uh, uh, what was it, Morton's? Yeah, we Morton's The Steakhouse. Yeah. Well, the reason we went there is because everybody else had like a fucking 58-minute wait time, and we walked by, and we were like, are they open? Are they closed? Right. And right. like, I was like, there's no line. Well, fuck it. Let's eat there. We were starving. So, but you <laughs> did like, pick up the check. I, I, or maybe we paid individually. Actually, I can't recall. No, I think I picked up the check, but you, you did the tip, if I remember correctly. Uh, perhaps that's so. I remember, yeah. I remember it was something like brandy, something really basic. I like a, a salad and I don't know, a hamburger. And it was like $86 for just her <laughs> for nothing. Yeah. I think we did uh, split up the check. <laughs> I, I think we all paid Dutch in uh, on that instance. Because yes, like, right. my food was like $70, but it was like, I had more than what she had. It, 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 some, it, their prices were a little bit ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Point, point being was the food and the service worth the experience. Yes. Considering how hungry we were at the time universally across the board, it could have been goddamn Burger King, and I think we'd all been happy. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, so I think I think right people castle. I think people overvalue these, you know, certain things, and he 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 keeps putting up that tie over there. Hey man, I don't give a fuck if I'm fucking eight hundred eight hundred million dollars. I might still drive a fucking Ford Focus. I don't give a fuck. You might not ever see my money. You might never ever experience my money. That you don't have to show your money. That's you what know? I'm gonna tell women when I'm broke, man. Like, you may not see my money. You may not. <laughs> you just you. It's gonna be a mystery to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Swinging that pussy side by side, like we got this shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he might have been wearing a cheap ass suit from Pennies or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking shit was, but <laughs> hey. it just wasn't sized right. It look, in my opinion, <laughs> it I looks like he got big. Yep. <laughs> something happened. <laughs> STC says Dick Butkus used to come into his mom and stepdad's restaurant with players after the games, the Fireside Chalet in Glenwood. I think there's a really nice uh, golf course near there. Ooh, STC, that's a great story. Send me uh, some pictures, man. Um, I want to uh, shift gears here. At the Tooch is here. He's loading some stuff. He's almost ready to join us. Uh, Tooch, let us know. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Kevin Williams and, excuse me, Warren, and then we'll, uh, I don't know why I say Kevin Williams. That's the second time. 
uh, famous director of the movie I Know What You Did last summer. Well, you guys I still know what you did last summer. Still know, yeah. Either one of those. But real quick, I just wanted to say if they if they really rely on alumni opinions moving forward, man, Dan Hampton wants the coaching staff fired. He says they're all bums and they don't know what they're doing. Yes. So. I and I you know I think Dan and OB are a little bit off on that. I think that they're not realizing what this team is trying to do. And I encourage people to, uh, if they did not get a chance to listen to GTF, Gabriel Talks Football, he had some really outstanding gems tonight, today. And one of them was, he was just reminding people that this is how you go through rebuilds. It's painful at first. You know, you may not expect that there it's going to be as painful as just three wins, but it usually, you know, means you got to clear things out and you're going to hit rock bottom and there's nowhere to go but up. And if you don't go up, then you made a bad decision. When, and hopefully, Go ahead. When was Greg's last year with the Bears? Do you recall? Uh, he, well, let me rephrase my question. Was he here when Angelo was hired? Oh, yeah. He, uh, Angelo I would love to hear you talk to him then about the process of trying to build that team with Jerry because they were 5-11 and 11 before they hired Jerry. And of course, they're thirteen and three in his first year. But I'd love to hear Greg elaborate on trying to "quote unquote" build the team up to what we're doing now, like how it compared to twenty years ago. Great point, Dan. Yeah, indeed, great point. Uh, we'll talk to him about that in our next show. Great point. Can I get hey, two uh, cents in on this conversation, real quick, Aldo? I'm sorry. It, no problem. Um, in hindsight, looking at this whole situation, and Mr. Shorty and I were we were way out there with it and we were 11 and six and six people and we got we got hacked hacked the fuck up for that and deservedly so but however you know, hold, hold on if i may interrupt however there was the amount of games that could have made that 11 and six right so just go ahead right 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 but right in hindsight and i'm and i'm thinking about everything that happened we're talking about a, a team that we thought could be versus what Ryan Poles had in mind. So we went we went out there with the with an Eberfus as a coach thinking that this guy's going to build a tough ass team which he did. He built a he built a really really tough ass team and actually Kevin Warren came out there and let you know how much how tough these guys really were with a bad roster. And you know, we were out there with the 11 and 6 and throughout, you know, the schedule as the games were played you saw uh, Ryan Pohl subtract talent from the team, whether it be uh, Robert Quinn, whether it be Roquan Smith, two key cogs in a defense that could, that could actually compete with other teams. He, he took that out of there. What I'm getting at is Ryan Poles made a statement in his uh, press conference after the season, and he said that he was looking for maximum leverage. How do you get maximum leverage? lose as many games as you can, get into the draft and get the number one pick. That's how you get maximum leverage. Yeah, but you know, if, if if for some reason you have a bad season next year when you're supposedly all in, you know, because that's what Aldo and I were talking about, how does Eberflus look at these guys in the, in through the eyes and just like, hey, we want to win now. You know, follow me now. But for some reason, if Fields would, assuming we have Fields, we'll get to that in a minute, uh, assuming we have fields and he plays poorly or something goes wrong and you end up with another five and 12 year or something, 
considering you tanked last year, you might lose your job as a result of this, especially Eberflus, if you have back-to-back just atrocious seasons. So it's totally. it's a risky proposition, is what I'm saying. It is, it is, but I don't I don't think it it was for nothing. I think I sure it was so. actually perfectly planned. In the way, I ain't gonna say planned, but the way it played out ended up being perfect. Nobody lost any skin, other than maybe you say Eberflus and the way the team played towards the end. But I think I think it played perfectly. Indeed. All right, it is time now to bring in our favorite. Uh, prognosticator, f- famous. You want to introduce him, Mr. Shorty? You look like you've got. Uh... Oh, I do. I, let's, bring, let's bring in the fucking Santucci, the Tuccino. Come on. Ah, the only I guy that can fucking say Shortino correctly before you, Aldo. <laughs> Johnny Santucci from the Bronx. It's so good to see you, Santucci. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing good. I'm happy. What? Is he a ventriloquist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you big face motherfucker. It's a drop. <laughs> yeah, you got to put uh, the volume drop. Yeah. Why, who keeps turning that volume down? Uh, <laughs> all right. Come on, Santucci. I want to hear you say my last name. Come on. <laughs> all right, here we go. Good? I'm happy. Is that better? What's my name? Say my, <laughs> say my name. What's my name? Say my name, Santucci. Shortino. Do you want us to find a tone would you like stealing my beer? Stop stealing my Do you guys know what Pondatona is? Or you know, it's like the Christmas box to get a Italian sweet bread. No, never heard of it. Nope. Delicious. Delicious. All right. Your signal's gonna be wrong. Hold on. Yeah. Laggy, huh? My laggy. Yeah. Tooch, do, do your, does your family serve lasagna before every meal, like mine did? No, I wish. Oh, <laughs> it was always the, uh, it, for for my family, uh, it, you you always got uh, thrown off because you thought if you if you brought your girlfriend to yeah. uh, your to my grandma's house, she thought lasagna was the meal, but no, it was this, it was just the appetizer. Then hey, she man, brought out the roast. Yeah, that's, that's racist. All Italians don't do that. The prima, primo, primo piatto. Right? The first, the first course. Usually, well, are, you, are, are you Sicilian? No, no. I'm one sixteen. I'm one sixteen. Racist, just different parts of the country, no man. I'm one sixteen Sicilian, motherfucker. Don't don't talk no shit. I'm one sixteenth black too because I'm Sicilian. So. I got something to stand on. Yeah. We're brothers, my friend. <laughs> I enjoyed watching uh, all those open again, too. So it's just brilliant. But spo- spoiler alert, much. Nomad looks like Emmanuel Lewis. <laughs> oh! <laughs> just kidding, Nomad. I love you. <laughs> I, I love how in the opener, uh, uh, Dan says that I, I, I migrated from Illinois to Georgia to Florida. I don't live in Florida. But then I got I got to thinking after the opener, I was like, I should probably just make my address here because uh, there's no income ta- there's no state income tax. Very yeah, nice. that's a good yeah, idea. You know so thank you, Dan. All bullshit aside, good fucking work, um, Dan. I don't know if I said that the first time I heard it. Fuck yeah, good fucking yeah. work, man. Good fucking both work. The, everyone. Fabulous. <laughs> that opener is. <laughs> I could watch yeah. it over and over and over again. Yep. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, I- I'm happy to report that Dan is taking a piss right now, so he did not hear any compliments. And let's not 
uh, compliment him when he's on the air, okay? Yeah. <laughs> is he sitting down while he's pissing? Of course he is. He and I both do that. <laughs> wait, wait, you wait till you get to your 50s, Nomad. <laughs> yeah, fucking hey. I, start, I, started water. Sitting, I, I started sitting down because I got daughters, you know, and they were complaining. There's piss. You know, somebody missed the piss ball, and I'm the only yep. one. <laughs> so I said, you know, yeah. I started sitting down when I pissed because I noticed when I was wearing shorts and, I'm, and I, I lift up the lid and I'm standing there pissing. I can feel piss hitting my legs when I'm wearing shorts, just bouncing off the water. And I've been at friends' house where they have children's toys for the bathtub sitting around the or magazines. I'm like, well, that is reason problem. number two. That is reason did, number two. Did you, did you get a piece of tissue and wipe between your legs? <laughs> no, I took a big wad of fucking toilet paper and I put it on my dick and I put it around my my underwear and I pulled my pants up for the drips. <laughs> The drippy dicks. Ah, drippy dicks, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Mr. Santucci. I yeah, I need to answer got... CJ's question though first. CJ's question is: Can we talk about what? What is it? What? Which one is CJ's questions? Can we talk about that? Why is it taboo to sit when you pee as a man? I totally with you, CJ. This should not. We should not be shamed anymore for doing that. That's no, no, we should not. <laughs> well. It's comfortable. It's an easy cleanup. You can't sit there for too long, Shorty. You will you get piss hemorrhoids. Up. Trust me. You get that rubber band <laughs> shot up your fucking ass. I sit there when, my I, pee, came when from, I pee huh? out my ass when I eat too much Mexican food. <laughs> uh, is it time uh, for their state of affairs? It is time for state um, Bear state of the affairs. Why don't you play the open and uh, where yeah. we go? I got to find it, though. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's why I told you to do it because I don't know where it is. <laughs> Come on, Santucci, get oh your shit together. God. All right, here I we think, go. I found it. Okay, go ahead. I think it. You got it all the way. I got it. Yeah. Right at the top. Right at the yep. top. I feel like I should be moonwalking across the screen during that music. You know? <laughs> All right. Bear State of Affairs off-season week one. What's happening, Barflies? This week's big news is the Bears hiring of a new president and CEO. Last Thursday, the Bears named former Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren as their new team president and CEO. Warren replaces the often maligned Ted Phillips who is retiring after 40 seasons with the Bears, including the last 23, has it been that long, as president and CEO, but will most likely be remembered as the favorite whipping boy of Bears fans. Yeah. Congratulations on your retirement, Ted. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kevin Warren becomes the fifth president in the franchise's 103-year history. Following George S. Hallis, George Muggs Hallis Jr., Michael McCaskey, and Phillips. The 59-year-old Warren has 21 years of experience as an NFL executive. He was with the St. Louis Rams from 1997 to 2000. The Detroit Lions and Don Burr from 2001 to 2003. I don't know if Don Burr's that old. I just said that. But And with Minnesota Vikings from 2005 to 2019. Warren, though, most recently served as commissioner of the Big Ten Conference from 2020 to 2023. 
As well, Warren is the first black president in Bears history and the first president and CEO hired from outside of the organization. And as if answering my prayers and the prayers of many a Bears fan, the Bears hired a football guy for the team's football operations. They hired someone who has legitimate experience and qualifications for the position. Imagine that. Bravo. Five of the eight members on the Bears board of directors, which Phillips was a part of, share the last name McCaskey. And the Bears have not won a playoff game since the divisional round 2010. The team has had four head coaches and four general managers since then. Warren's fresh perspective on organizational issues for a team that has had the same people making decisions for decades will be pivotal pivotal for the team. Pivotal. Who says that? <laughs> pivotal for the team going forward. He's a progressive visionary, one league source said. He's not afraid to shake shit up. I think that was Nomad that said that. And I think he'll make the Bears current. Sounds great. Sign me up. Time to bring the team into the 21st century. Warren also has experience with building U.S. Bank Stadium from his time with the Vikings. Just in time, too, as Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot put forth a fancy video proposal narrated by none other than Bill Curtis, former CBS colleague of the barkeeper. Yeah, did you guys know that? The video proposal of her $2.2 billion Soldier Field renovation included many improvements to the Lakefront Stadium and Museum campus, including the addition of a dome. So if I've got this correct, the old original stadium that was first enclosed in a spaceship because fans couldn't seem to let go of the iconic colonnades would now be covered in a dome. Presumably presumably because we can't see losing the colonnades. I don't know why I can't talk tonight. <laughs> and while Mayor Lightfoot did not say how she would pay for the new stadium, it's more than likely that Soldier Field renovation project will be the responsibility of Chicago's next mayor. Knowing the Bears organization, it seems unlikely that the Bears would remain in Chicago as tenants of the Park District when they can control their own destiny and collect all their own revenue at their very own stadium and property. Make no mistake, Kevin Warren was not hired to simply help the Bears build a new stadium. He was here to orchestrate a major cultural shift within the organization and provide stability, something he helped the Vikings achieve over the better part of two decades. Longtime Bears fans know a little bit about instability especially at the important positions both on and off the field. For example, the Packers have had two starting quarterbacks going back nearly 30 years. During that time, the Bears have had two million different starting quarterbacks. At least it seems that way. Until now, the Bears may have their most important piece of quarterback, Justin Fields. Or do they? Speculation abounds among draft pundits and NFL commentators about whether the team would consider drafting a quarterback and trading Justin Fields. Believe it or not, some Bears fans actually like this idea because they're idiots. No, because the Bears might possibly receive three first-round picks for Fields. But, as Bears fan Dan said, Fields will be a five-time Pro Bowler with another team should we trade him away. And I tend to agree with that. And while the 2021 first-round pick is not a finished product. He did show a ton of potential in 2022 as a dynamic dual threat signal caller. Like it or not, the numbers show that Fields improved in his first season away from Matt Nagy. Hey, speaking of Matt Nagy, can I just flash this up here? Okay, hold on. Of course you can. Where is he? There he is. Okay. Speaking of (laughs) Matt Nagy, the Titans want to interview Matt Nagy to be their new offensive coordinator. 
So many NFL teams look for the hot new thing when on the hunt to fill coaching vacancies. Uh, It's just Tennessee goes two and 15 under offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy. (laughs) I don't, not sure if Matt Nagy qualifies as the hot new thing, but my only advice to the Titans would be to run for the Hills, run far away. And I don't even like the Titans as well. (laughs) If the bald headed fuck were to get another chance at calling plays in the NFL, Bears fans could at least watch the Waffle House menu flutter in the wind while the former Bears head coach and current deprived play-calling addict of the Chiefs avoids calling any run plays for arguably the NFL's biggest and baddest bruiser, future future Hall of Fame running back Derrick Henry. And that is Bears State Affairs! I thought the same thing immediately. He would treat Derrick Henry like he did Jordan Howard. He'd be like, I'm going to get you going sooner than later, kid. But, you know, probably not. You know, I appreciate your Nirvana shirt, too, by the way. Too. Oh, thank you very much. Yep. The Titans nice. must love the ring around the rosy play. That, that must have got him. It was a ring around the rosy play. Got the Titans. I knew that was Matt Nagy. As soon as I saw it, that was that bald fuck. <laughs> he, he, he spent 17 weeks crafting that play. I hope Jacksonville beats them on Saturday or Sunday whenever they fucking play. I hate uh, Kansas City. Does uh, the barkeeper have any Bill Curtis stories? Uh, that, that's, the, that's the voice I grew up with for the news. Just oh, FYI. Yeah. yeah, I've got some stories. I'll share them at a different time, though, because yeah. they're kind of elaborate. Did you recognize uh, his voice immediately during Lori Lightfoot's? You had to. If you grew Absolutely. up at the time, although when I grew up, you knew it was Bill Curtis. Bill Curtis should have taken over for Robert Stack on Unsolved Mysteries when he died. He should have. Yeah. I agree with it. Yep. By the way, every time we put the picture up of uh, Matt Nagy, there is this visceral reaction on any show, not just this show, any show in the Barroom Network. We put up a picture, and I think yeah. we need to we need to order a mandate. All Barroom shows must not ever put up another picture of Matt Nagy. We are sorry. We are sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. We'll never do it we'll again. Do it again. Batman, I love it. I, I, I kind of did the same thing. I did something similar on Bears Country podcast where anytime somebody said the word Nagy or the bald fuck or even reference him, I pulled up a clip of, of him that he was a, just a complete buffoon going, uh, well, yeah, yeah I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And that was it. So it, like, <laughs> I, I feel like being on the show and not having control because I'm so used to having control Every time someone fucking says Nagy, I'm like ready to go. Oh fuck, I can't do that. Like, Matt Nagy's so bad he makes Bear fans long for the days of John Fox. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Hold yeah. on. I want to ask you guys. And uh, Dowell Loggins the... let's play Colorado. Right <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When is the last time that you ever this is gonna come down to you, Aldo and Tooch. You can remember the Bears losing or only having three wins. Three wins. Uh, 16. Yeah. Under Fox, three and 13. Yeah, yeah. Then, there uh, were three. I thought, I thought there were four. I Dick there were four. four. Dick Duran had a four win season, I think. When he what, you get, what are you getting at, man? Nothing. I just was trying to figure out because uh, I, I thought that the worst season that the Bears ever had was Fox. Well, it's just because they had, more, they had more losses this year because of more games. Because right. there's a 17th game, so they were three and 14 this year, as opposed to three and 13 with Fox and uh, 16. They were four and 12 with Jerron in 2002. Ditka was five and 11 in 92. Wani had two four and 12 years back to back in 97 and 98. 
Yeah. So, I mean, regardless of the 17 game season, when's the last time you can remember only three wins? 2016. They went three and 13 with John Fox. Yeah, John Fox. Yep. Okay. Well, right. Abe Gibran was... had a one win season, I think. Right? Is that right? Uh, no, it was uh, Jim it was Dooley. Jack... Uh, Jim Dooley, right? Sorry. One and thirteen. That was the second year I followed the, the Bears. So I was indoctrinated to their losing ways very early in my life. And just like the Bears, we thought when Ditka went six and ten in '89 that like, oh, this is it's collapsing. It'll never get this bad again. Six and ten, and of course, he ended up having two eleven win seasons after that. But it's just like we thought six was bad. Now, like we we could have. If they'd have kept playing this year, we'd have probably finished like three and thirty-nine. If they'd have just kept playing games. Yeah. All, I know, all I know is uh, we probably need to start a new GoFundMe. Two, <laughs> you got to get that that trampoline from out and behind you, man. That trampoline. Yeah. Ain't I, I don't know what it is. It's like the video lag with uh, with the green screen just uh, can't can't handle it. Streamyard, whatever. Just too. We got to put some books or something behind you. Do something, man. We got to do something else. Porn magazines behind well, you. As long as there's no picture of Matt Nagy, I'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. He's he, he like, he like a roll-up library that he can just put behind him with, with a bunch of books. We can put Oscar Mayer hot dogs back there. I don't give a fuck what we do. Anything. Yeah. Tooch, would you like me, to, uh, would you like me to print this up and send it to you? <laughs> yeah, throw that up. <laughs> That's what I was saying. You could superimpose with a green screen, just like '70s bushes behind him. Just a <laughs> oh, wall of naked you're talking women. about the Bush family. You're talking about bushes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it George like Herbert. It looks like he has one of those things you just you just flip open and it folds up into a big circle and just put it behind you. Yes, yeah. That's what it looks like. He- <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, let's uh, switch subject uh, subjects here. The uh, big item to discuss that I'm sure is going to bring some fire is this whole thing with Justin Fields. It's been thrown out there that they are, might consider Justin Fields. And there was some reasons to kind of uh, consider that. And let me play this uh, video as an introduction, and then away we go with the discussion. So that is the main topic. What are the pros and cons of trading Justin Fields? I'm going to go last. Okay, Tooch, since you just joined us and and you've already kind of given it away with your Bear State of Affairs, but are you totally against uh, the the Bears considering offers for Justin Fields? Well, I think any GM would be smart to listen to any offers. You know, I I would – Tell the Bears to look for another GM if, if he wasn't if he wasn't listening at all. You know, you got to at least explore some options. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, the the quarterback class is a lot stronger next year. And uh, if you ask me the pros and cons, the pros would be well, I mean, Justin Fields got three years left on his contract. A a new signal caller might have five, so you get buy yourself two extra years of development. But I mean, all the records Justin Fields broke this year be kind of silly to trade what trade all that away. This is a guy to, in my opinion, you build around. That's I, I'm a I'm a Justin Fields fan. 
Dan Aguirre, do you want to add anything to that? Because I know you feel the same way Tooch does. Yeah, you want to tell me the pros? I'll give you the pros of trading him, just mm -hmm. to, to give you a different answer. Thank you. Okay, the pros of trading him would be more than likely, let's assume just hypothetically that Fields was going to be a disappointment in his career, which I don't agree with and I hope doesn't happen. But if you're thinking that it's a pl it's plausible, then you're never going to have a higher trade value for Justin Fields than you're going to have right now, given off of this season and the incredible highlight reel plays. So if you really want to trade him, this is going to be the peak of what you're going to get back for him. Because if he typically, if he's going to play another year there, if he shits the bed, his trade value is going to plummet. Now that's the only between that and getting more picks is the only thing I could come up with for you positive on uh, trading fields. Why would I keep fields? <laughs> I mean, his play speaks for itself. Everybody, you talk about they singled out Cole Komet as being some guy that that did some good things this year. And what? He still had significant drops. So my point is every player needs to work on certain things, and Fields is no different from that. We know he needs to work on his passing game, but everybody on the team needs to work on something. So Fields, to me, if I were the Bears, I know right now you've got to do a strategy because of the draft to make people think you might take a quarterback to try to drive up that pick. But in all seriousness, I hope privately, because last season in the offseason there was this talk maybe Fields was a bust and – Maybe the Bears should move on from him. And like somebody should put an arm around this kid and say, Don't believe me in this fucking noise. You're our guy. We're going to build around you. We are committed to making you. And if you've ever been in a relationship or a marriage or something, you know that just getting your hand squeezed by your significant other sometimes may, means all the difference in the world to know that they're on your side. So I hope Fields gets that reassurance, even if it's privately. Nomad. Aldo, I'm going to talk to you specifically. There was, a, there was this guy that came to Chicago some years ago. I've seen him on tape. I've seen him on tape so many times, too many times to count. He was, he was really good in his first year or two, but he showed some flaws. He wasn't a good, I guess you want to say, teammate. He, he showed flashes is what I want to say. He showed a lot of flashes, but he had his flaws. He's from Wilmington, North Carolina. Mother was Dolores. Daddy was James. Are we talking about Michael Jordan here? Michael I ain't Jordan. say no names. I ain't say no names. All I know is, <laughs> if given time, I just say let's just say this: nobody saw in that first two years what the end result was going to be. Nobody. Nobody knew. But what he gave us, what, what, what we saw was a serious fucking competitor. That dude was for real. If you said nothing about that guy, I never said his name yet. Now, don't say it. Don't say it, guys. I never said his name. Nobody knew. But that guy was a serious fucking competitor right from the giddy up. And you saw those flashes. And people, I, I, I'm not going to say people were saying the same thing, same things they're saying about Justin Fields, but the same questions were happening about this guy. And he turned out to be on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago and the world. Not saying that Justin Fields is Michael Jordan. Not. 
But what I'm saying is, if you if you let this dude is for real, I know that. I've seen enough. I, that dude is for real. He'll give up a leg to play in this game and make this team win and get a championship. What would you trade, Aldo, for oh. year two? Well, hold on. Year one or year two, Michael Jordan? What would a team have to give you to get him? Not Michael Jordan down the line. I'm talking about Michael Jordan at year one or year two. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I disagree with your assessment on Michael Jordan. In his rookie season, he was already just leaving us with slack jaws down to our – What would belt. they have to give you? Different league, different league, different league. Let yeah, him answer, let him answer. No, I, yeah, I agree with with Mr. Shorty that it it is too that you're comparing apples and oranges. There, you're comparing apples and oranges. Here, here's 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 the the reality. Let me get Mr. Shorty's uh, response to the question first, and then I'll set up how I want to do this with each of you responding to a specific question. I apologize. Uh, after, after the other Dan, I'd like to touch on the Jordan thing. I'll be real quick. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I, I'm saying I'm saying that I agree with what Nomad is saying that we have a guy that has come into this city and done things for this football team that no other player since name the greats Walter Devin Hester. Gale, Devin Hester has done for this team, and what Nomad is saying I agree with. He's saying that that he is he's done tra transcendent things on this team so far that have given you enough to go off of to say moving forward i know what i have in this guy and i know that i can build off of even though there's a a passing game deficiency blah 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 what we have in in this in this young man is something that is a, a staple to build our franchise off of and that's kind of what he's saying about what michael jordan was at the time and i know what you're about to say aldo which is you know there we're talking about football. That's what I said. Two different sports was meaning two different sports. This is different because you're it's he hasn't, you know, jumped on the scene like Jordan ha did, like you're about to say, Aldo. And yet yet he kind of did. And then in year two, he definitely did, not in a quarterback way. We would have loved to have seen him jump on the scene as a Patrick Mahomes instead of a Walter Payton, if you will, you know, quarterback that we have, transcendent players on the Bears, if you will. But I, I kind of think I, where I'm going with this, I see what Nomad's saying and I see what you're about to say, Aldo, because they're both kind of one and the same. If they're two different sports, yet they're two transcendent players at both at, at, at one I, position in that team. I think it, Nomad's comparison is dead on because – Early on in Jordan's career, especially if you were going to talk the Detroit, the three years the Pistons beat them, the 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 consensus from a lot of people was Jordan is all hype and all you know slam dunk contest and he's all highlights, Gold but he's not, he's not a winner. But he's not a winner. He can't get it done. All he can do is give you the flashy fucking dunks, and he has no substance in terms of winning. That's some he had detractors in the late '80s, people saying that. So Justin Fields, in my in my comparison with that, I think the Nomad was – I don't want to speak for him. You know, he's giving us these highlight runs. These You can come up with these flashy plays, but you're still 3-14. and 14. He's still only won five games in two years. He's not a winner. I think that's the comparison, but I don't want to, you know, put words in his mouth. No, that's dead ass. 
Well, there is something to say for considering rebuilding your team by trading away your best offensive asset or defensive asset. We've already traded away Khalil Mack. And when you look over to the offense, it's Justin Fields. You got to think back to, and, and Dan could recall this probably better than anyone else in the room, the trade of Herschel Walker sure. by, by uh, the Dallas Cowboys to the Minnesota Vikings, that yielded a mountain of assets that basically was the catapult towards uh, moving the Dallas Cowboys into a, a, a sustainable playoff to year after year after year. They were competing for Super Bowls. Am I not right, Dan? Dynasty. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. See, Minnesota, the year that Doug Williams beat the Bears in 87, Minnesota went to the NFC Championship game that year. And then in 88, they didn't make it back. They got beat by San Francisco. And their their thought was, man, if we just had a power back, we're we're one running back away from a championship. That's what people thought at the time for Minnesota. So they gave away everything, the future, to get Herschel. Because, again, they thought, we get Herschel, we're going to the Super Bowl. And they were willing to give away their future to get to that Super Bowl. Now, Herschel got there. They didn't even make the playoffs with him. And conversely, that trade gave Dallas three championships because they had just a litany of draft capital as a result of that. And that is a fair comparison, although I don't think anyone would give up the amount of picks that uh, Minnesota did, given how that trade just fucked their organization for so long and helped Dallas. I don't think anyone's that dumb. But then again, look what Detroit got for Matthew Stafford. But that worked out for the Rams for at least one. What the Rams did is what the Vikings thought they were doing. Okay. So let me present some trade scenarios for you because Ryan Poles said he would not trade – uh, anything, and, and I, well, he said I, he will not trade anything unless his mind was blown. All right, so let's look at the rumor with the Ravens. Let's start with you, Nomad. Ravens get Justin Fields, and the Bears get Lamar Jackson. So now they've got an established veteran quarterback. They can they can uh, renegotiate his contract, extend his contract for many years. Would you consider this one-on-one trade for Lamar Jackson, Nomad? If, if we were on the streets, it'd be like, hey, man, if you don't get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> you better get the fuck out of my face while I hurt you. <laughs> okay. So let me – stay with me, Nomad. All right. So you've told me over the phone, you're being Ryan Post, get the fuck out of my face. I'm going to go over there to Baltimore and kick your fucking ass. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you send over to him, man, let me, let me throw in the first-round pick, number 87 overall. Would you? That's not. That's not. That's wrong. I think it's seventeen overall. But would you make that trade then, Lamar Jackson, and a first round pick? So you got the first overall pick. You've got another first round pick, and you've got a quarterback who won the MVP. But isn't he a free agent? He is not. He is still the property of the Ravens, and the Ravens can. Um, um, put the franchise tag on him the second time. The only way a trade with Lamar would work is if Lamar said, okay, Bears, let me hear hear your contract offer. And then if he agrees to a contract beforehand, then they would secure the deal. Gotcha. I'd like to comment on this unless Nomad's got something else on it. No, go ahead. Can I, can I, can I, 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 I just say, uh, no, uh, Aldo, 
what are you drinking? What are you smoking over there, dude? dude go try a different dispensary, dude. Lamar Jackson. For, well, the reason, for the reason, Fields, no. Want, the reason I don't want Lamar Jackson is because there were whispers. Well, maybe there's no validity to it. But there are people saying he was healthy enough to play Sunday night, and kind of just fucked the Ravens and didn't give a shit because he's ha- unhappy with his contract. Uh, from what we know about Justin Fields, whether he doesn't play the way we want, some people want him to play. He's not, you know, giving us but 200 yards a game on, at best. But still, he wants to play, and he wanted to play the quote unquote meaningless game against Minnesota. There's no way Fields tells the Bears he's not playing in a playoff game when he can. When, what I'm saying is Lamar Jackson was Derek Rosing this when he was at the the Bulls and he's. He's healthy, and B.J. Armstrong's telling him he can't play, so I'm not going to play. That's what he's doing right now. So, no, I don't want that guy back in Chicago. In in defense, in defense of Lamar Jackson, now it, this is Aldo giving me that scenario. I had to respond to it viscerally, but mm-hmm. there was a there is a lot on the line for that young man and his future, you know, and and how he responded to that, whether he's hurt or not. Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows what kind of feeling he has in his knee and what nobody knows that. All I know is the 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 trade between <laughs> no man, I slapped the shit out you straight out the gate. Yeah. Lamont says, Did you not hear what Kevin Warren said? Here's what I heard Ryan Poe said that if you make me an offer that's gonna blow my mind, then I would entertain it. So Here's another offer. Let me offer. Let me have you to play the GM here. The Texans call. Texans say, uh, "Give us Justin Fields. Give me. We'll send you a first round pick, a second round pick, and a third round pick, plus Davis Mills as your bridge quarterback to whoever you draft." So now you, the Bears would have the first pick of the draft and the second pick, the top two picks in the draft. What do you say, Tooch? Well, here's the thing. Uh, will we subject Bears fans to an, another 3-14 and 14 season? Because that's what would happen, man. Uh, I would have to uh, ask for a first-round pick in the following year. You know, rather right. than because so let's, the, the let's quarterback. Sweeten let's yeah. sweeten it. There's there you your go. first rounder. There's your first three picks of this year's draft. And there's your bridge quarterback, Davis Mills. You just said I would have to. There's the offer. Yeah, Are to you even back? consider it. I would consider it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't like I don't it, but I would consider is... it because uh, you can. So so you, you got the, a 2024 first rounder, which is likely a pretty high pick. Uh, I'd probably try to get maybe their 2024 second rounder as well instead of uh, a second rounder this or a third rounder this year Uh, and then package the Texans first round pick in 2024 with their second round pick in 2024 move up to the top grab someone like Caleb Williams or Drake May that would be the only uh, uh, viable plan but uh, like I said man I'm a huge Justin Fields fan I love like when I wrote uh, one bear state of affairs. Uh, I got in the whole uh, paragraph about Justin Fields sitting at his locker room long after the game was over in full uniform, 
Uh, and, you know, you don't find players with that will to win, you know, and I, I think Nomads or J- Jordan comparison, Jordan had that will to win. And uh, uh, the TWTW, which Hawk Harrelson used to always say, you, you, anybody familiar with uh, Hawk Harrelson saying that he's got the TWTW, the will yeah, to win? Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm kind of, uh, uh, I, I would consider it though. Yeah. Well, I've got to react does. to this. The Texans owner. Uh, now, I, look, I know Deshaun Watson made some mistakes in Houston, hence his his suspension in Cleveland. But that owner did not appreciate Watson's game, obviously, and had problems with his style of play. And 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 it, all that's well documented. Why is he going to bring in another quarterback that has the same strengths as Deshaun? He's probably better than Deshaun, honestly, but. He's got this because he's got higher characters. What I'm saying, but the he, he's bringing in a guy. He's already done Watson. They're not going to give that up for Fields. Is what I'm saying. In my opinion, that's a moot point. It's just my opinion. The Texans, that owner, seems kind of a big in anyway. I, I don't think he wants another running, quote unquote, running quarterback down there. But that's just my opinion. Can I can I ask Aldo a question right quick, please? So you're going to keep your phone line open for serious consideration to grab Justin Fields. Am I correct? Yeah. It doesn't matter what the fuck you do. Justin Fields is the quarterback of this fucking team. It doesn't matter. He's doing a rock on you. Yeah, it is. doesn't matter. <laughs> Mr. Shorty, did that trade with the Texans uh, appeal to you? Because all of a sudden I saw in the chat room a lot of people started saying, I might consider it. I might consider it. So what say you? I uh, I get myself in trouble, as Kitty says. We've talked about this on our shows before, that I like to pontificate. And I love the fact that you're pontificating tonight, Aldo. You're putting it out there like, it's not your fucking opinion. You don't want Justin Fields traded. You're saying, what if? Right, Gucci? What if? Fucking a yep. what if, don't you? Eh? Yeah. What if? You gotta what if the fucking a bears did this? Eh? If the fucking a bears did this, what would you think? I think if the bears had an opportunity to actually trade away Justin Fields for a fucking boatload of future picks, if you're going to actually take this team seriously in your rebuild. It's something you have to consider. I'm not saying I want to do it. It's not my opinion. I like what you're proposing, Aldo. But it's something you have to fucking consider. Don't you guys? Am I wrong, guys? Am I wrong? I say, you have to the GM's job. It's the GM's job to do that. It, it would take – I'm being honest with you guys, and I'm, I'm being straight with you guys. All that, you know, Aldo, I was just bullshitting with you. You guys know, know that. Hey, it would take – five fucking drafts. You have to give me five, uh, completely five of your draft, every pick, every pick. That's how I feel about this guy because I know he's a real shit. I know he is. And, you know, our Bears, fan, our Bears fans are, are, are fickle sometimes and they are just like your little kids sitting up at, the, at a table expecting, you know, nuggets and macaroni and cheese and that's what they want. Because you've been feeding them that shit. And it's time for the vegetables. It's time for the vegetables. Sometimes you got to wait. Fiber. 
you got to wait. You got to wait. This is his first year in a new offense. I'm telling you guys, just just cool out. Cool out. You got the guy that we need. I agree. I think that uh, if you're going to give me a trade scenario with the Colts, it's more realistic than the Texans because the the Watson thing. But also consider that Denver gave up so many picks for Russell Wilson. I know Russell's a little bit older, obviously, but he was a quote-unquote established quarterback and a Super Bowl champion. And that trade to this point has just blown up in their face. So that could create a GM and, you know, a sense of making him reticent to pull that deal for an unproven quarterback, a guy that did have some highlights that we all believe in, but I just don't see the Texans giving up that scenario, given the Watson uh, comparison and with the, the, the Russell Wilson trade just being so bad for Denver. Here's the problem with this, with, with Chicago, us fans have, we have been longing for a quarterback for how fucking long, right? We don't even know what one looks like. We're sitting here going, is Justin Th- – we all know what Justin Fields looks like. We're, we're trying to debate reasons why we should trade him or not. The point of that being is that we have no fucking clue what we're looking at as a quarterback because we don't – we're not fans of Green Bay or New England or, you know, any other team has had, has had, that has had a quarterback for a staple of, of years that has brought them to Super Bowls. We've never developed a quarterback. We're sitting here trying to it's, – it's almost disgusting that we have to actually – Put ourselves as Bears fans in this position to go. Well, what would you, what would you, what should we do with Justin Fields? Because if we come down to next year and Justin Fields has a thousand twenty-five yards rushing and seven hundred fucking yards passing or whatever the fuck, we're gonna be going. Why didn't we trade that pick, right? Because so now we're sitting here trying to speculate. Well, how are we are, are we gonna feel if we are wrong on this, right? If we fuck this up as fans trying to be correct is how we think this team should go moving forward, and we get this all wrong, well, we're going to be wrong. But the other ones that say, oh, we should have traded him, they're going to be right. And it's like, it's it's this, it's this cataclysm of fucking Bears fandom that we, we've been just stuck in. It sucks. What if we draft Justin Fields is a fucking quarterback. Let's move forward, period. What if we, what if we draft a Will Levis, Shorty? Well, I love his fucking quick release. I love his fucking cannon of an arm. He, what if what if Will Levis is the better quarterback of these two that we're talking about? And we go, fuck, we could have just traded back a couple of times, gave a couple more picks, picked up Will Levis, and now we boom, we have this strong arm, quick release, superstar quarterback who's like taking over the league. And we're like, we trade Justin Fields to whoever and he's doing nothing. He's doing exactly what he did for us. He's rushing for a thousand yards and passing for you know, 2,000 and 12 touchdowns and seven interceptions or whatever the fuck it might be. And then we're all going to be sitting there as fans going, well, we should have fucking drafted Will Levis. We should have just taken that chance and like all come to our own senses and gone, what is it that makes him great? And what is it that makes him not great? What are the things that we have to take in perspective as Bears fans? We're all enamored with our fucking franchise quarterback, right? But what if he's not? Then we're going to be sitting back with our dick in our hands going Aldo, let me ask a question for you. Back then. Let me play a little one here. Let me play some point guard. I want to set you up for a dunk here. Tell me, what do you think? I'm asking you a question that's not on your board, obviously. What if the Bear, either one of the two, Stroud or whatever, whichever quarterback, let's say the Bears would draft 
What do you think the odds were the Bears would just draft a quarterback number one, start fields in in 2023, and basically have an insurance policy in the event that fields doesn't perform? I personally do not like that idea because if you're going to bring back Justin Fields for 2023, which is what I suspect they're going to do, you now have to begin the process of giving him as many weapons as possible so that way you can make the proper evaluation. He needs to go through what Tua did in Miami and Jalen did in in Miami in their third year of being quarterbacks in the NFL. They got an explosion of offensive weapons. That's what I'm hoping the Chicago Bears can somehow do. I know that the wide receiver pool is a little bit limited, but I'm also I've been thinking about maybe they need to get like like a Christian McCaffrey type running back. I'm not saying Saquon Barkley, maybe Jacobs, maybe one of the top two or three quarter running backs that are coming out in the draft. Bijan Robinson is like a Saquon Barkley. And so maybe if you give Fields a outstanding breakaway running back and you add in a number three receiver to go along with Mooney and Claypool and you solidify the tight end position, Cole Komet and another good solid uh, uh, tight end, plus strengthen the offensive line, then you've given Justin Fields everything that you need for a proper evaluation. But here's my thing, my thinking is, uh, and Cody says, please somehow someone show field stats from New England game on. Stop with him being a bad passer. Okay, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And just to, to remind you that it was frustrating to see this guy in his, his passing game. This was, you know, I think that we're, we're revising history a little bit. This guy still has a long way to go with his passing. Now, it could be because of the offensive line. It could be because of the lack of wide receivers. But it also could be because of him. So after New England, here's New England, 179s, one one touchdown, 151 in a losing effort against Dallas, two touchdowns. And when you're losing, you should be piling up passing yards, 123 passing against Miami. Uh, uh, 167 versus the Lions, 153 versus Atlanta, 254, his best game of the year, 20 out of 25 against the Packers, two touchdowns, 152 against the Eagles, two touchdowns, 119 yards passing against Buffalo, and, of course, the 75, the dreadful 75 against the Lions. That's your point. I'm not – you jump right back in, Aldo. I don't mean to break your flow. I'm just adding to it. And that great game against Green Bay. And you know I love Fields. So I'm just he threw he threw two picks in the fourth quarter, including the one that lost us the game. So if you're looking at context and you're showing that his yards weren't impressive the second half of the year, his best game was also a turnover machine at the end. So but go ahead, please. I agree with your analysis, by the way. No, well, and, and thank you. I, you know, I appreciate you adding that thought. But and, and I understand people were saying he wasn't calling plays, you know, but we need to stop making excuses for this young man. There were times where there was a receiver four yards downfield and he fucking missed the throw. There was a wide open tight end, Ryan Griffin. And, in Washington. Uh, and, and Washington. Sure. And Washington. And so there are example after example that this guy is still slow in his processing and his accuracy, particularly in short passes, needs still a lot of development work. So I'm not, you know, I'm not 100 percent sold that he's going to be an elite level pass uh, uh, thrower, a passer in this game. Now, he could become I'm not 
ruling it out. But to, I would not bet my mortgage payment on that. I just wouldn't do it. Can, can I, I would not either. You, you guys don't mind. Do you guys, and I'm, I'm serious, this is, this is away from this whole conversation. I just wanted to ask you guys a serious question. Do you guys think I'm with you? All, all of you guys, Dan, Aldo, Tooch, and Shorty. Do you guys 100%. think I'm with you? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Are you leaving? And, and Aldo getting out of the car at Benny's with me. And some fans come up and start whooping their ass. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be really fucking funny considering whooping we have they, no idea what he looked like. He'd be like whooping their motherfucking ass. A camouflage <laughs> face the whole time. I'm going to tell you right now. This is where I'm going to part with you. I'm going to leave your ass alone. You're going to be in that parking lot by your motherfucking self because you, don't, you guys can't appreciate when we got something good. I know it's not all the way apparent right now. He has his flaws in his first year of a new offense. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But this is his first year. I italicized the first year of his new offense. Give that guy a break. Give him a break. And I, 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 I hate you to, and I can agree. We're not shitting on him, right? We're not shitting right. on him. We love him. Right. We're Shorty, just, we're I'm, just... I'm gonna let you get your ass whooped, dude. I'm gonna let you get your <laughs> ass. You have you have to be critical though, right, Eldo? Exactly. If he's getting these offers, and I'm not saying he's gonna get any one of these offers, but if he's getting these offers, he needs to think about it. Here's another offer, Mr. Shorty. You first on this one. The Rams are gonna offer they want Justin Fields. They said Aaron oh, Donald's retired, by the way. Who Aaron look on Aaron, Aaron Donald's Twitter? He has himself listed as former. Oh no, that, that was yeah. No, he, 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 he took that, that down though. Yeah, oh, he, he took it down. Back from that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right, Rams, go ahead, Aldo. The Rams desperately want Justin Fields. They'll say, listen, we'll give you Aaron Donald. We'll give you Matt Stafford. We'll take care of their contract. We'll pay as much as we the NFL allows to pay for those contracts. And we will give you the first four picks of the 23 draft. This draft, that's the 30th, the 70th, the 168th, and 172. And we'll also throw in a first-round pick in 2024. What say you, General Manager, Mr. Shorty? I'm going to say that I'm going to have to take a moment to think about that because when it comes down to any pick in the first round of next year, I want a chance at Marvin Harrison Jr. So whatever trade scenario it comes down to, whether it's the trading the first pick, to the second and trading the second to the fourth or whatever the fuck it might be. Just if, if we can get a first round somewhere in, in this draft, in next year's draft, and a chance at Marvin Harrison Jr., that's my biggest goal. However, based on what you're saying here in this actual scenario, because there is a, a, a first round pick in 2024, I'm going to say that I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I, I love Justin. I love Justin. Everyone here loves Justin. But we're trying to figure out what makes the Bears better. And I am not sure that trading Justin makes the Bears better. I am not. I would hate to be wrong looking on this in 2024 when you know there's some fucking superstar that comes out of this draft that just takes over the league by storm like Mahomes did. And we're sitting there with our dick in our hands again going, well, we could have had that guy. But I, I think that 
the majority of us all agree that we have to st- – we are in Justin Fields' camp, and we have to stick with this guy. And whatever the fucking picks come from from there on out involves nothing <laughs> trading Justin Fields. I want to shit on this one so badly. Please let me. Aaron Donald, again, as of yesterday, had put on his thing. He was a former defensive tackle of the Los Angeles Rams. This guy's got a toe in retirement. Even if he ends up playing next year, his heart's not in it anymore. Stafford is, look, he did what he was supposed to do. He won them a Super Bowl. His body saying, I'm 37 years old now. Other than Brady, for the most part, people start, to a degree, Rodgers, but some players start to lose their abilities at that age, and I think he's at that age. And I don't. the fact that they unloaded the farm system to get Stafford, again, would make them reticent to make another trade like that. They need – like you know how we felt when we traded a, a first-round pick for Trubisky, uh, uh, the two picks to get Fields, and when we finally got a first-round pick, you were like, oh, thank God we've got a pick this year. So the Rams fans aren't going to want to like just give away more – I don't think this trade is – plausible from the Rams perspective and the and the Bears def, definitely should not take it because Donald's close to retirement Stafford's close to retirement that's my yeah, opinion the Rams, the the Rams are out of first round picks too they traded they traded away their first round picks for how many years like three years or something oh, they, that's yeah, what they, I'm saying they have one next year so the Rams have called back they said listen guys all right so you don't want Stafford he's too old I know you want Aaron Donald because the three tech is so important so here's another offer. Uh, lose that comment, please. Uh, They're not giving up Cooper Cup. Rams, you never know. You fucking never know. You never know. Uh, lose that. So the Rams are going to get Justin Fields. That's who they want. They, they'll give you Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup because they know they don't have the draft capital that you want, and they know that you need a wide receiver They'll give you the first four picks of the 2023 draft, as before, and the first round pick in 2024. They want this so bad because they are in a win-now mentality. They have been using that strategy for the last five years, and it's yielded one Super Bowl. They think that they can bounce back to Super Bowl contention with by acquiring Justin Fields. So they're going to give you Cooper Cup and, and more. What do you guys say now? I, even their coach is close to retirement. He's talking about retirement and taking a media deal. Donald's talking retirement. Stafford's close to retirement. I think the Rams in a lot of ways are done and wouldn't offers that they're going to do what the Bears did. They're going to start from scratch and want their draft picks. Mm-hmm. But you're not responding to the deal. I don't think it's, it, it's realistic. But play along. If okay, okay. All right, I say no then. I say no. I say I hold on to number one. So if okay. you sh- if you show me that deal on that Polaroid that uh, Aldo put up there, <laughs> mm-hmm. I say hey 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 who was that big girl way 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 there back there in the back? <laughs> <laughs> throw her in there, throw her in there, and you got to do it. <laughs> I want that big motherfucker, that that big wide motherfucker way back there. <laughs> All right, so the consensus, I won't even go any further with the deals that I have. The consensus is that this is not going to happen. A fucking hell no. You're not even going to consider, hey, the Rams are on the phone. Ryan Paul says, fucking hang up on you got one from the Colts? That seems like it's possible to me because they've signed all these veteran quarterbacks 
whether it be Philip Rivers. Since they lost Andrew Luck, they took the, the fucker who used to be at the Eagles. It's in Washington this year. They had him. They had uh, Matt Ryan. So I, I think the Eagle or the Colts are most likely to give us the deal that you're seeking, in my opinion. Again, I'm not seeking anything. I just want to entertain the, I love the idea the scenario in the game. I mean, uh, of the show, yeah. I think the Colts trade would be most plausible, and it's hard for me to to uh, consider the trades that I feel like that aren't realistic. But I think the Colts would be willing right. to give up the farm. So this is the trade. Although you that got a Colts graphic. That's no, what I'm asking. Him. I don't, unfortunately. Uh, but but I, I can tell you that David Kaplan reported that the Chicago, excuse me, the, the Indianapolis Colts were preparing an offer to the Chicago Bears that would include their fourth overall pick from this year's draft, the, the first rounder, their second rounder from uh, 2020, 2023, this draft is the number 35, and a 2024 first rounder plus either uh, my, the uh, choice on the Bears' part, Michael Pittman, the wide receiver, uh, DeForest Buckner, the veteran defensive tackle, or even all-pro guard, Quentin Nelson. So let's just wow. say Quentin Nelson, the, the 2024 first-round pick, and the first and second from this year uh, for uh, the number one overall pick. But let's just say that they want Justin Fields instead. Would you do it? Oh. No. Yeah. But no. I would take that for the number one for sure. But for Fields, no. But if it's just for the number one, you're getting their first at a four, their second in their first next year, plus Quentin Nelson or Buckner? Fuck yes. They can we'll drop down three slots. Easily. But no Justin Fields in that trade. I agree. No man, have you been kidnapped? Where are you? Man, I'm I'm gonna take a nap and wait till y'all get done. Man. <laughs> no man, you talk while I go take a piss. I'm out of here. I gotta take one now, but I'm I'm gonna take a nap first. <laughs> well, what's Tooch think? We haven't heard from Tooch in a bit. Yeah, Tooch, I'm sorry. You wanna I got, go? First? I gotta say, uh the uh the chat room is taking this way too seriously. <laughs> I know. Oh, of, course, of course they are. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna go take a leak. I'll be right. What there. the fuck Check else are we gonna talk about? Virginia McCaskey's 100th birthday cake. You fucks. <laughs> I know. I'm just throwing a thought exercise here. I'm getting. Oh, 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 no, try, oh, no, trying to. trying to get his ass whipped when he go to Benny's next time. That's what. That's what you're trying to do. I was recognizing Benny's once, and so I suspect the next time it's going to be, oh, you're the motherfucker who's talking about Justin Fields being traded. Come here, motherfucker. Uh, you know what, man? Let me take that back. Don't nobody fuck with Aldo. You're going to have something to answer to me about. Don't nobody fuck with him. Let him go to Benny's and go about his business. Thank Just you, Nomad. <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, all right. So let me ask this. Is there anyone on the Chicago Bears? Tooch. Anyone on the Chicago Bears that you think is trade bait that can help acquire some more draft picks this season? Would you no. consider trading Cole Komet? Me? There's nobody. There's only Justin Fields has any value. Mooney. The rest, the rest of the team, yeah, maybe Darnell Mooney has a little bit of value or Cole Komet has a little bit of value, but there's nobody that has really Cole. any value. Juwan Brisker, maybe? Tooch, if you don't mind, yeah. let, me, let me jump in here. Then This is something I've really actually thought about. After doing all this homework and studying guys and thinking about trade scenarios and looking at our roster, this is something I, you guys can cut me up all you want to. 
get mad at me all you want to, but this is what I would think if I had pieces on the chessboard. I'd tell you that, uh, number one, Jalen Johnson is a piece. Yeah, okay, yep. I would Got say, that. two, possibly, if, if I can get some suitors for Cole Komet, yep. he's a piece. And if and this is a this this is one I really don't want to get rid of at all ever is is uh, Eddie Jackson. Why? Because he takes away the ball. What does this team covet? What does this coach covet? Taking away the ball. Eddie Jackson takes away the ball. I think you well, have he did two, back in twenty eighteen. Right. I think you have two. Like if we're playing spades, I think you have two books and a possible on the chessboard if you're playing this game in, in the uh, draft scenario and trade scenario. I, th- I worry that Eddie's best days are behind him. Plus, he's coming off an injury. Again, you have to understand, and I know you do, I'm just saying, but 2019, 2020, 2021, he wasn't doing shit. I know he was playing better in 22, but now he's got more age on him. Plus, he's got another injury. Uh, if you told me the Bears could get something from Eddie, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to moving him. I don't think there's much value there. I mean, he's got value to the team because it's one less hole to plug. But, I mean, I don't know how old Eddie Jackson is. What did we give for Robert Quinn? In 17, so what is he? What did we give for Robert Quinn? A fourth-round pick, but Robert Quinn had just come off an 18-and-a-half sack season. Okay, so you're not saying he Eddie Jackson is not worth the equivalent? I don't think I don't probably think probably not a, given maybe, his history and the fact fourth, he took three uh, years off. Yeah, you could get a mm. fifth or sixth round pick. I think though. Let's let's think about it this way: you got you're gonna have a couple of teams that are out of the uh, Super Bowl contention. It's gonna be a few teams that lose, and they're gonna be a cornerback short. They're gonna be a safety short. They're gonna be this. They're gonna be that short, and they're gonna see our team as as. You know, we got a couple of pieces. We have a lockdown, potential lockdown cornerback. We have an emerging tight end, emerging tight end. We have a, a safety that takes the fucking ball away. But does he, he, though? That's he what I'm saying. How many, how many picks did he have last year? Two? He, no, we're not talking about last year. This year, before he got hurt, how many did he have? Well, that's what I meant, 2022. I'm calling that last year since it's over. My bad. But I, think it was I, like I just four. feel like he doesn't like to tackle. He's older. He's got a big contract. His best year was 2018, and and when the season begins next year, that's going to be five years off of that. So, so if you're if you're the um, if you're the let's just say you're the Chiefs, let's just say they didn't beat oh you're the Bills that they didn't beat the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl, and they felt they were a safety short that can take away the ball, and Eddie Jackson was that guy. What's he worth then? If someone's willing to give us what you think that he's worth, and I'm not saying you're wrong because your opinions are all valid, uh, then I would I would make the trade with Eddie. Just given if his, someone offers it, a fourth, yeah. I'm taking it. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to they're going to say, look, he was a he was a fourth round pick. I'm not giving you more than a fourth round for him. I know the kid was coming off a, a broken leg, so he arguably could have been a second round, maybe even slipped into the first round when he came out. But he was coming off a broken leg, and nobody wanted to pay a pay that price for him so they he fell to the fourth round but Ibrafus is on to something when he's talking about you know he if you heard through the season when he was talking about Eddie Jackson 
and the question, not Eddie Jackson, but uh, Jalen Johnson, and they were talking about rating him. And Eddie Jackson, I mean, uh, what's his name? Jalen Johnson thought that he was one of the better cornerbacks in the league. And Eberflus was asked kind of the same question, and he was basically asked to evaluate him. You can't be a Pro Bowl player if you're not taking the ball away. Jalen Johnson does not take the ball away. Eddie Jackson is one of those guys that takes the ball away. There's value in that when you're talking to coaches and when you're talking to, talking to GMs, when you're talking about having a team that is ready to make the next step to win a championship, you got to have guys that can take the ball away. You got to. Eddie Jackson is one of those guys. So I beg to differ. I think he's a three or better. I think he's a two. I think you can get a two for him. I don't think no you're going to get anything for Eddie Jackson because he's coming off a leg injury uh, at his age. Now, he's still playing well. He did get four interceptions this past year on in eight games. That's a pretty good average, getting an interception every other game. But I don't think there's going to be any general manager who's going to trade you anything, any draft pick from other than maybe a sixth or a seventh rounder for Eddie Jackson just simply because he's coming off injury and he – uh, 30. Right, he's going to be 30, and he's got the high contract. There's tons of – safeties are not valued in this league yet. Yeah. yeah that's going to change. But as of now, you see where safeties are always drafted. They're drafted in day three, unless it's a transcendent type player like Jamal Adams, who was overdrafted, but he's still a, a dynamite player. But I, I, don't, I just don't see Eddie Jackson being in the picture. I see Cole Komet. I see Jalen Johnson. Even though Jalen Johnson is not creating the turnovers, Nomad, he still is a, a good, solid number two cornerback. And uh, and there's value in that in this league, and I I hope the Bears don't trade. Defensive, I'm sorry, man. Defensive sorry. defensive guys think that way, so you may have a defensive guy that's pretty much running the organization. That let's say who, who's got who who's gotten bounced out of the playoffs that probably should be playing right now. What team would you say right now? Um, Detroit Lions. There you go, Don Burr. <laughs> now that's a particular that's particular right there because I think they are missing another cornerback. I think they're missing two solid cornerbacks. I think for sure they have a good safety in uh Joseph from Illinois. For sure they need two lockdown cornerbacks to be competitive and be in in the hunt for a Super Bowl. I think okay. I think draft day Jalen Johnson is one of those guys. We're not we were talking about Eddie Jackson, I know, but I'm just throwing that out there. You brought up Detroit. I think they're short of corners. Nomad, what do you think what do you think about Jalen Jones moving forward into this next season? Is that something you well, we talked about him on DCP and he had a good end of the season there. What do you think about him being someone as a cornerback for the future of this Bears where they don't maybe necessarily have to draft someone to take up that spot because they have it in him. He's a rotational guy. Okay. Jalen Johnson, though, you have to – I would say I agree with Jalen Johnson being potentially someone you, you move or Darnell Mooney because both of them's contracts are up. You don't want them to necessarily be like David Montgomery, whom we all think is probably gone, and we're not going to get anything for him. So if you could move – 
uh, one of these guys before, if you're not going to resign them, then maybe it would behoove you to actually trade them. Well, what would you get for Montgomery if we could get something for him? I mean, he was a third round no, pick. Man. I mean, he's a free agent. David. Yeah, he's a free That's agent. I love, saying, but I love let him Montgomery, play. but. I understand that he's a free agent. I was making the comparison, Aldo, that Jalen Johnson and Darnell Mooney are both going to be free agents after next year. Yeah. So maybe you oh, move one it. of them so you get something unlike David Montgomery, who's just going to walk. Yeah. If you're and not going to resign Mooney or running back is arguably the most easily re- easiest to replace position in the NFL. I, I think yeah. when the oh, my fault, Aldo. Go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think when the offense slowed down. I think they were dependent on the running game. And I think when when David Montgomery was in there, I think we slowed down tremendously. He's not an explosive running back. There are guys out there on the market. There are guys in the draft. There are guys pretty much wherever you want to look. There, they are, there are so many scenarios that we can improve in as far as running the ball, blocking the ball, you know, you have you have what do you guys think about um what's the running back from New Orleans with the case you know the the assault Al, Alvin Kamara Kamara what do you guys yeah. think about that I I wouldn't touch him really no no really? no man you've got me sold on Josh Jacobs yeah on the previous show Jacobs myself. I'm sold on Josh Jacobs but you know Kamara is an option what if he clears that case yeah not pairs like this yeah, this this is a whole new culture. I mean, Ryan Poles is developing a culture of no drama, no big egos, you know, and so I don't think Camara fits into that. And as Tooch said, there there are running backs a plenty, man. This draft, you can get the kid out of uh Illinois who has played yeah. well. Chase Brown. Chase Brown, you can get him in day three, and he could step in there and compete with Khalil Herbert for the number one running back and probably win the job. Um, and then I, I'm, I've been seriously thinking about looking at some of these top running backs out of this draft just simply because I saw what Christian McCaffrey did in that playoff game. I mean, I, I thought the McCaffrey trade was stupid because he gets injured so much. But at least he's playing in the postseason now, and he's making a huge difference. And David Montgomery is a great running back, great attitude, power back. But what he, but compare him to a McCaffrey? There's no fucking comparison. What he can Lucky. do. And let's remember, this Bears team—it's a running team. That's the identity of this team, and it's going to remain a running team for the next two, three years until Justin can improve his passing, where he is hitting all passes deep. Intermediate, short, the whole, the whole uh, thing. So let's put it on this topic and then move to our crime feature. Go ahead, uh, Shorty. Just, just to finish that, the 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 thing you, you would miss about Monty leaving is the blocking. You're going to yes. have to have a running back that comes in that can block. Period. Let's yep. get on to the flicks. That sounds like a great well, hold on. Montgomery one, ain't the only guy that can one, block. One final he, thought before we move to. My my topic I would have been looking forward to, but uh, one final thought is that the Bears have so many holes to fill, man. There's just like every single fucking year, there's more. Like I said last <laughs> week, there's more holes than there are quality free agents and and quality draft picks. But uh, draft picks, we don't have enough draft picks to fill every fucking hole. We got a lot of camp space, but look at it. I mean, there's no there's no uh, free agent wide receivers. Uh, the the guard pool is thin. 
in free agency. There's some good defensive tackles we could get, you know, like Draymond Jones, Deron Payne. Uh, Barely, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, you know, those guys. The Bears are definitely going to make a run at one of those uh, uh, free agent defensive tackles. I guarantee you that. And then uh, there's some decent tackles. You know, you've got uh, Orlando Brown Jr., Mike McGlinchey. Uh, there's there's some good tackles in free agency too. That'll that'll make the draft focus for the Bears narrower. You know, but there's still a lot of fucking holes. So, what what are the holes? That's, that's it, man. They're, I mean, you can get better at at uh, the op- cornerback opposite uh, uh, Jalen Johnson. Uh, you can uh, add a add a running back. You can add another wide receiver. You can add another tight end. You got to get better on the offensive line, especially at the middle, center and guard. Uh, you know where, where the pressure's right in, in Justin Fields' face. And then you got to get. We we need an edge rusher, man. We got no pressure. We and need Greg four. Gabriel talked to, yeah, we need like we need like we a need lot four of starters yeah, four starters on the defensive line. Yeah. Greg Greg, uh, Greg Gabriel was talking about some guy today. I forgot uh, uh, Marcus Davenport. Like, let's get Marcus. He had a half a sack for the whole fucking year. You know, he had less sacks than the guys we have on the team already. We have to get better at edge rusher. Edge rusher is going to make the secondary better. Really, you know, really get pressure quickly, on the quarterback. The the uh, the uh, the secondary is going to look a lot better. I know Aldo wants to switch. Switching mm-hmm. topics and really quick, there's there's a way to go about touching those holes. There are teams that are in transition. Tampa is going to be one of them. New Orleans yeah. is going to shed a whole bunch of guys. Um, the Titans are going to shed guys. There's there's teams that run our system, especially on defense. That's uh, a good point, though. Shed guys because of yep. salary cap issues. And that was a whole. I got a whole page dedicated to that, but we won't do that today. But there are ways to do that that you don't have to get crazy in spending your money. You can get quality, right. quality guys that can play in your rotation. Like dump off some yeah, teams that it, are switching to different defenses. It, yeah. Yes, it begs, yes. it begs two questions though. It's a whole uh, show. Are, I'm telling are you. Are the uh, yeah begs two questions? Two big questions. Are, are the Bears really in that game? Because it seems to me like Aldo said they they want younger players, these 24, 25 to 27 year old guys that uh, that will form a nucleus. And also our, our other teams, like Nomad said, and I tend to agree with Nomad, because uh, are other teams going to uh, see the Bears' example, the Lions' example, about uh, uh, tanking to get, you know, and build through the draft, like with high draft picks? So, I mean, you make a good point. I, I can't disagree with it. Good stuff, gentlemen. I'm glad one we had football to topic. One more football thing, real quickly, please. Sure. Uh, watching Minnesota get uh, defeated, which I loved, by the way, uh, what they were doing, the Giants were doing with Barkley, it just hitting him out of the backfield. Like the Bears just don't do that. And David Montgomery would have been solid in catching passes out of the backfield. It doesn't always have to be a wheel route. Just the way they were just doing misdirection plays and then hitting Barkley down the field. I mean, I had so much envy watching that, thinking that should be what Fields could be doing, but we just don't do that. We don't do slants. We don't hit our backs out. It's the, a lot of our problems. We can sit here and say, well, this is Justin Fields. He needs to do this. A lot of that shit is on Luke Getze, too. Just his inability to to, to call a basic play. Let's st- Oh, oh it's, we need four yards. Well, we've got Claypool. Let's fucking run a slant. First down. Chains are moving. We don't do that. We don't do that. Other teams slant us to death and have been for 30 years. We can't run a fucking slant. I don't understand I it. 
Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And yeah, I, I, I Akeem Hicks last night, it brought uh, almost a tear to my eye seeing him out on the football field. He's one of those guys that, uh, to me, he's one of my all-time favorite Chicago Bears players. All right, uh, let's uh, devote the last 30 minutes of the show to uh, something that, uh, as uh, Tooch said earlier, he's been really looking forward to this discussion. Let's set it up with this video. Crime movies. America loves them. And no one makes them better than Americans. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. Mob movies like The Untouchables. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. Drug lord flicks like Scarface. Say hello to my little friend! Prison films like The Shawshank Redemption. That's it. You fight better than me. And heist films like Point Break. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Ex-president. Which are your favorites? An old classic? A new masterpiece? An obscure gem? You show us yours, we'll show you ours. Bear your soul. All right, fellas, let us bear our souls with some of our favorite crime movies. Movies that remind us of our youth. When we used to rob banks <laughs> and be a part of the mob. Toot, you're first. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, it's it's hard to pick one because there's so many. You know, if I were to like, I, I mean, I could give you like five just off the top of my head. You know, I, I, I would start with like The Departed for me, for uh, a Casino. Martin, you got to start with anything Martin Scorsese because I don't think there's many directors that do it better than him. So let me it's ask right, you, Toots, right off the top. Yeah. You like Casino better or Goodfellas better? I, I like casino. I like, a little bit I, I like casino better. I think it's a little Me raw too. and it's 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 less. Uh, yeah, I like casino better. It's just Me the, too. Char- the characters were more uh, uh, evil, I guess. You know, Goodfellas, you kind of sided with them. You know, like the, the casino players were morally uh, reprehensible. And Sharon Stone, I, had I love such the a character good study. Yeah, it was great. No, I'll go no, last again if you don't mind. <laughs> Yeah, okay. and then uh, uh, Heat is also a great movie. With uh, you finally got to see Martin Scorsese and Al Pacino together, you know, in in the same movie. Uh, it had a great cast, and then uh, I think uh, uh, as far as like shock value, uh, To Live and Die in L.A., which is by the same director, did French Connection, uh, where you know I'm, I'm talking about the gym locker room scene where where, where uh, William L. Peterson, who plays Chase, uh, in the you know gets his, meets his his fate. I don't want to give it away because we haven't seen the movie. But after after that scene, you're like, what the fuck? Who do, who do I follow? You know, like, but, but yeah, that really stuck with me uh, for quite a long time. But uh, those definitely, uh, uh, I mean, there, there's so many, but I got to tell you, if it were a, if it were a TV show, I, I had to recommend something that's out right now on Netflix called Kaleidoscope. If you haven't seen it, man, it crime movie. It's got everything, man. It's got the, one of the best uh, uh, actors, I don't want one of the best that's working today, John Carlo Esposito. I don't know if you know who, who this guy is, but uh, he's the star of this. And you can, you can watch the episodes in any order. It's like a puzzle piece. It shows uh, the heist from eight different angles, eight different parts of the story. It doesn't matter where you watch it, you'll get to the same point. And every viewer who starts at a different place has a different viewing experience. Uh, it's uh, each. Each of the eight episodes are, are labeled with a color, like green, yellow, orange, all the colors of a kaleidoscope. Uh, 
But uh, if you look on Twitter, you'll see people recommending like the, their personal favorite order to watch the show in. But really brilliant, well directed. One of the directors is Robert Townsend. Don't know if you know who he is, but he was in the Hollywood Shuffle and he was Meteor Man. Although, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Robert Townsend had good stand up back in the day. It was uh, he directed a few a few of the episodes, and this one it, it's uh, it's basically uh, a lot of these in the style of like a Tarantino, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. All that stuff, and it's made in Hollywood. You're not getting like Money Heist, where it's like Spanish, which I also enjoyed as well, or any kind of like bad dubbed foreign series on Netflix. It's, it, I gotta, I gotta tell you, check it out. You're gonna enjoy it. Uh, Dan Aguirre, let's go to you next because I know you are only with us for another 15 minutes or so. Well, there's the obvious wins, like you said, Casino and Goodfellas. You think The Godfather, you know? But I'll, I'll give you two. One I've talked about on the air a couple of times, but in case someone hasn't listened. I'll give you, well, I'll give you three. One I won't elaborate on because everyone's seen. Pulp Fiction, obvious pick, I think. Yep. But two that I think maybe people haven't seen or don't really care about, American Gangster, was so, Denzel's fucking tremendous. I like John David Washington, his, his son, as well. Uh, I really like the 2007 version of Zodiac, which featured Mark Ruffalo and Jake Gyllenhaal and yep. uh, who was Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and you just see the process of like all the police have to do to actually get a fucking search warrant. It's not just given to them, especially, well, maybe it is now so much after the Patriot Act, it's a lot easier and things like that. Your fourth amendment doesn't seem as important as certainly not your second, but um, the Zodiac was it, just fascinating to see all the lengths that they had to do to try to just to get this guy when they knew who it was, but they, it's not what you know, it's what you, what you can prove. And uh, just great acting, great film, I thought. Another one, uh, that it's a sleeper that I've talked about on air before, is from 1993, originally written by Quentin Tarantino, but he sold it, the screenplay. It's called True Romance. Uh, you, you got a tremendous scene yeah. with Christopher Walken and uh, Dennis Hopper. You've, you've got James Gandolfini and Patricia Arquette have like 10 minutes of screen time in one scene. That's the, maybe the most intensity, just intense scene that I can, I mean, it's just, it's intense as hell watching that fucking scene, especially the unrated version. And if people don't know, Gandolfini's role in this, David Chase saw it and he had already cast Tony Soprano as the guy that played Artie, the cook, which is hard to believe. Like the guy that played, you know, Tony's like friend from childhood on the Sopranos. Uh, as Tony, but he remembered, well, you know what? This, that, that guy from True Romance, I want to have, I want to take a look at him. So True Romance gave us Tony Soprano. You got Christian Slater, you got Brad Pitt, even Samuel L. Jackson in a small role, Val Kilmer. I mean, uh, uh, let's see who else is in it. Uh, God, help me out here. Anybody that's seen it, Michael Rappaport is in it. It's just a fucking incredible cast. And in, uh, uh, um, he played Oswald in JFK. Uh, help me out. Uh, he Gary plays the Oldman. Gary Oldman. It's such a great fucking movie. And again, if you don't know what it is, uh, long story short, Christian Slater falls in love with the girl. His boss yeah. got him a call girl for his birthday because he never gets laid. 3,000 Miles of Graceland is a good film as well. Uh, and it's her third or fourth call girl. Like It's her first time, fourth time fucking a guy. They fall in love. She just wants to leave her shit at the pimp's house because fuck it, man. I've only fucked four dudes anyway. Let's move on with our lives. 
But Christian Slater feels like I've got to go get her stuff to prove I'm a man. I'm not afraid. So he goes to have this dramatic scene. He gets a suitcase thinking it's her clothes and it's full of cocaine. So now the opportunist says, instead, well, we can't get her clothes back. Maybe we can move this fucking coke. And then I'll have to worry about money for the next couple of years of our lives and just live our lives. And that leads to the FBI, the ATF, and the goddamn mafia all chasing them. So it's, uh, it, again, it was written by Tarantino. What else can I say? It's, it's fucking incredible. I agree. I agree. No man, what you got for me? Well, I, I do have something. I have two actually, because there are two that are dear to me because one is one that I love, and I'll speak about that first. One is is Hoodlum, and it's starring Lawrence Fishburne. And I don't know if you guys in the um, chat have seen this movie. Throw a one up in the comments. If you guys that are that are here with me, if you've seen it, throw a one up. Let me, let me see a finger if you've seen it. Hoodlum is is absolutely Never a story seen. that you need to go and get a book or two to go on and get some research and background on before you watch it so that you understand what's going on in that movie. It's about the lottery. It's about uh, the black crime syndicate and the Italian crime syndicate at the same time in one movie. Where the lottery came from is a, is a hell of a story. It's about uh, basically in the, in the depression era in the 20s when black people didn't have shit and basically they came up with a, a, a solution to try to help feed people and then enrich themselves at the same time, which was called Harlem pennies. This was Harlem, New York, New York. And they were basically what you, what you see at the lottery today, what you spend your money on today for the lottery that started somewhere. And it was a time when you can, you can win 10 cent in the lottery in the, one of those drawings, you can get a number, right. And you can get 10 cent. That will feed your family for days. You can get bread, you can get vegetables, potatoes, carrots, and all that kind of stuff, and a cheap piece of meat that can feed your family for days. And and this is just what people resorted to in those times. You know, black people and Latino people didn't have very many choices other than what was scraped off the table and what was given to them. It was behind slavery. It was a hell of a time, and that era right there is is a precious read if you can find books and and movies to get yourself up on that area it's fascinating great actors great screenplay everything about it was excellent and i to this day i still look at this movie now my favorite movie is my grandpa's favorite movie and i used to get my ass whooped all the time he used to let me watch this motherfucker <laughs> in the middle of the night i come downstairs in the middle of the night i live with my grandparents until i was 11 years old and they, you know, they, this might sound crazy to you all, but they had 10 kids between them. And eight of them stayed in the house when I stayed there with them. I was the smallest dude there. And um, I'd come down since I hear my granddad cracking up laughing, and he'd be playing Harlem Nights. Good movie. And, and you know, sometimes he'd let me come down. <laughs> you seen it? Who's seen it? I have, for sure, a hundred times, I think. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay, I come down there. And, and and he'd be cracking up laughing. I'm watching the movie and I get my ass beat the next day because I'm mocking the shit that I've seen in the movies. <laughs> hey, hey, Nomad, I, I just yeah, want to real quick. I read somewhere a couple of years ago, or maybe I saw it. 
I don't remember exactly the source, but there was a lot of friction between Eddie and Richard Pryor specifically on on the set and even Red Fox. Like there it wasn't a fun shoot, which is just so hard to believe because if you watch the movie, it's fucking great. And you got these comedy geniuses. But yeah, to just know that Eddie and Richard weren't really getting along there, it, it's just it's hard. Again, the product turned out that what if they were getting along? That's what I'm saying. How much better could it have been, you know? What 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 the deal was, and, and this is me doing crazy research on this. Both of those guys, Eddie, not Eddie, but uh Richard and uh Red Fox were addicts. And this is just uh, far for the course during that era. They were addicts and they lost everything because they were addicts, homes, everything, assets, everything. And Richard Pryor, I mean uh Eddie was doing his best to produce a, a product that would take care of them and so they didn't have to worry. Eddie was a noble motherfucker in the whole goddamn thing. Quick was trivia noble. question. Do you guys know who what Red Fox's real name is? I don't. It's I I, I don't remember his first who name. You, but who are you asking? Any, any one of you. What is Red uh, Fox's his actual name? Red Fox uh -huh. is his stage name. No. It's his last. I don't know his first name, but his his last name is Sanford. Ah, <laughs> that's Sanford awesome. son. I remember reading that. And I was like, "Holy shit, Kitty!" Hun, I said. The thing Hun. I always thought about with Sanford son is like I always thought when Lamont leaves and they bring that random white dude in with the big beard, like who the fuck was he? <laughs> like, why is that the guy they replace Lamont with? Some, some of the some of the most hilarious scenes that I have ever seen i mean i've watched comedy drama every genre of tv and and movies there are some absolute scenes in there that my god that scene where the, where, where the where the movie opens when they're shooting a crap game and and the snagatooth dude was in there trying to shoot craps and the kid was in there who was later named quick and he was like hey man get this kid up out of here I don't like kids, you know. These little motherfuckers are, are bad luck. I don't, you know, if you watch the movie, I don't want to give everything away, but it that scene right there was classic, absolutely classic. And you gotta watch this movie if you haven't seen it. You doing yourself a favor. Trust if me. I could, if I could add two Harlem Nights, it would be like give Arsenio a bigger role, no. especially given coming to America how good he and Eddie's chemistry was. I would have given Arsenio again a couple more scenes, but beyond that, again, you got Richard Pryor and, and Red Fox and Eddie in the same film. I mean, it's it's hard to go against this movie. This is my favorite scene from that movie. This chick, her character's name was Sunshine, and she's supposed to get this cop, you know, to fall in love. And he, she's just fucking the shit out of him, where he will do anything, including phone his wife. I mean, he starts crying here because <laughs> he starts crying because she starts saying some sweet nothings to him. <laughs> look at her. She's finer than a motherfucker. Look at her. She really is. And so and right after this, he calls his wife and says, yeah, I'm not coming home. I don't care about the kid. I'm not coming home. <laughs> it's the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. It's great to see. She said, hey, she said, hey, honey. I ain't coming home. She was like, what? I ain't coming home. <laughs> this is the best shit I ever had in my life, and I'm never coming home. Oh, man. Jade right. was a good movie, even though I don't really like David Caruso, but that Jade yeah. was a good film. Very good film. Uh, Mr. 
Mr. Shorty, what do you got for us? Well, I'm going to have to... It's kind of hard for me because you're talking about a crime movie. A crime movie could be anything in my world. My wife, you know, Kitty, works in the... She's working in the film industry for 20-plus years. Mm-hmm. What is a crime movie? And... Anything- uh, Anything where they're breaking the law, right? Yeah, I don't make up, this difficult. I came up with I came up with, with my own answer, and she was like, "Wait a second. Okay, I worked on fucking Dark Knight, so that better be your answer." And I was like, "Well, is that a crime? I, mean, I guess it's kind of a crime movie." Yeah, isn't that a comic book so, movie? Though, technically, no, it's, my it's technically everything. my. The Joker was a crime boss. It's, Come on. As far as oh as far as Eighth Ledger. As far as, as far as Kitty is concerned, my favorite crime movie is The Dark Knight. But Kitty's right. I, I have to go uh just when I think of crime movies, I think of um my oh, favorite yeah. fucking movie of all time, crime wise, is The Goodfellas. I just I it it's the movie that I can put on every time that it's on. In fact, I, I own it. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, let's just put on The Goodfellas. Because I love that movie. Just uh, Ray Liotta and the character in that. And then they get into the scene where there's like the meat locker. And they're, they're playing the, you know, the song from the... Uh, uh, Rolling Stones? No. It's the... Uh, they're showing the meat locker and inside of the uh, Eric Clapton, Layla. Yeah, Eric Clapton. Thank you, Layla. Yeah, it's the Layla in the end of Layla. Derek and the Dominoes, but yeah, yeah, Derek and the Dominoes. Every time I fucking hear that song, Layla, no matter what point in the song, if it's it's if it's like the first half of the song, I don't think of of that movie. But when it gets to that point when they're hanging the 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 bodies in the meat locker in in the back of the truck, like you. I think of that. I think of the of that movie at, at that point in the song, and for that, I, I'm going to give it the most uh, for for the crime movies of me. If it makes me think of something when I hear a song like that, it's it's just automatic for me. I love Goodfellas. Yeah, Aldo and I talked about this when we were together recently. My favorite part of Goodfellas, and most of the Aldo agreed with me. Most people always disagree with me. My favorite part of the entire movie is the the last day where Ray's making the spaghetti and he's like, shit, something's following us. Do you see that Karen? You know? And then like that whole day where he's going to get arrested is my favorite part. Yeah, I of know, the exactly. And, and you know, he, remember when uh, he took uh, 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 Joe Pesci took Ray Liotta to see his mother and his like little white haired oh, mother. Yeah, yeah. That's my aunt Marie. Every time I fucking you know, that was see Marie that movie, he's real that, mom there in that scene. But that is my Aunt Marie, like my Italian Aunt Marie, the white hair. I say, I'm like, what, like, how do you, um, what makes you live so well? She's in her seventies and eighties. Like, wow, like, how are you so healthy? She's like, garlic and tomatoes. <laughs> you know, it's like, and she's always that woman that she's feeding food into you. When you walk into her house, she's like, eat this, eat this, eat this, you know? That's my Aunt Marie. And so whenever I see Goodfellas, it's, it reminds me of my Aunt Marie when I come to that scene. And I don't know, it's just uh, it's, it's just nostalgic for me. I love yeah, that movie. I bet you knew that, didn't you? That that was Scorsese's mom that played Joe Pesci's mom in the film? I feared I you did, would know yes. that. Yes, I yeah. did know that. Yes, That's my you. scene, man. I love this. I don't know why. It's my favorite part scene. of the whole movie. It's my favorite part of the whole movie. Me and too, what you mentioned about, there's the helicopter. What you <laughs> mentioned about Layla, 
It's kind of the way I feel about Casino when like in the in the back of my head I they're playing like House of the Rising Sun. Like when I hear that, I think of like Casino and Sharon Stone getting thrown on her fucking face by Pesci and just she's lost everything, you know. Like yeah. she's the tragic character of that film. That's the only criticism I have of of Casino is that Pesci plays the same character essentially from Goodfellas. Some some of this shit gives I me agree. Like, some of this shit gives me nightmares. This I'm seriously uh, like in these scenes, some shit gives me nightmares, and it's not. This is a crime movie. It's not meant to give a person nightmares, but just like a, a David Koresh interview, that shit gives me fucking nightmares, man. I look at a, <laughs> I look at a David Koresh. <laughs> That's it. Freaks me the fuck out, man. <laughs> I got go before I go. If I could just throw. I don't another have one long hair. I don't have long hair. Come on, David Koresh has fucking long hair. I'm sure you all will agree. Uh, I like the Irishman that had Pacino and De Niro and Pesci too. in it again yep. from a couple of years it. ago. Oh, I thought I Pacino carried the film. Uh, you know, I, I just hated seeing him die the way, you know, I get maybe that's what really happened. That's what the story is that that's allegedly how Hoffa died was from his own friend. And that's why we never found him. Right. Isn't that it was based on a book. Hey, look at, look at Zach Sullivan. He said Kool-Aid time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's not, was not Jonestown, right? No, he was Waco, Texas. The Guyana yeah, tragedy. Waco, Texas. Yeah. Somehow they legitimately thought he was the son of God. And what inevitably happens in all these places, the guy gets to fuck everybody's girl, and everyone's got to be okay with it. Like, that's like the first sign when you know. Wait a minute, my girl's got to fuck that guy. You know that—that's when you know you're in a cult. You know when when all the women have to fuck one guy. But I'll tell you one thing, Dan. When you're in a cuckold. Exactly. Has that voice where he could probably get a cult going? Where he could. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I'm the kind of guy that you can't even put on during bankers hours in my if, radio if, show. If, if Dan came out and said, "Like, come on, everyone, you gotta follow us. We're, we're going down to this cave. And I want all you to jerk off and put your thumbs up your ass yeah. at the same time." New Jack City's a good film. Western Snipes. Like, oh, oh. I, I love you, Dan. Whatever you say, I'll, I'll follow you into the cave, Dan. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but follow you to the cave. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not eating I shit. Didn't like I'm, I'm not getting shit around. That was okay. That's Keenan, Keenan Ivory Wayans. I wasn't a big fan of I'm going to get you sucker. Keenan's best work is in Living Color, but anyway, hey, I'm just reading you know the comments what? now. You know what, Keenan and Damian, Damon Wayans, everything that they do and they touch is gold, especially uh, Robert Townsend as well. I love Robert Townsend. I don't like the Wayans brothers, like scary movies or like fucking white chicks or any of that yeah, shit. That's, that's bullshit. We're talking about is... Damon, Damon and uh, Keenan. Right. We're not talking Marlon and them. Okay. No, gotcha. hell no. They bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Low down, dirty shame. That was hilarious. Oh yeah. On, uh, on black exploitation movies. That was that was pretty cool. Um. You told me one recently to watch it. I, God, I want to. I want to talk films for like two hours, and I gotta go. But one that you told me to watch, Aldo, recently that I really dug, uh, a crime film, uh, which had it was Jim Belushi's first film, and it had James Caan in it called Thief, yes. from 1981. Man, that was a good film. 
Yes. Anybody know that one? Michael Mann directed. It was shot in Chicago. I know Tooch knows that one. Tooch has to know that one. He he was probably an extra in that one, too. (laughs) No, that was a little before me. I'm surprised you didn't say Natural Born Killers, Tooch. You were in that. What a great film. Great film. Yeah. It's a sensational There's so many. I mean, you look at all the great directors, you know, Oliver Stone, Martin Scorsese, De Palma. They all did, you know, uh, classic crime movies. Yeah. Anybody anybody disagree with me when I say Quentin Tarantino is a weird motherfucker? I love (laughs) Quentin Tarantino. I I love Quentin Tarantino. And every I love his movies. I love his uh, screenplays. I love the direction. I love everything about it. But that motherfucker in every fucking movie, he's got in prominent feature somebody's fucking feet, some girl's feet. Hey, Kitty. You know what? Let me see that. What is, what is Quentin Tarantino using all of his films? He's got a, he's got a foot fetish. Yeah, he has a foot fetish. Let me ask Nomad a serious question for real, and I gotta go. But I, I, I this is I'm really really interested in Nomad's opinion on this. Please, how do you feel, Nomad, as a gentleman that happens to be African American? Because uh, Spike Lee had such took so much umbrage with this that Tarantino's films feature the N word prominently throughout, and he is a guy that is a white man. Let's keep it real. So how does how do you feel like Spike Lee basically right from the jump on Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction was calling him prejudiced? So I'm just curious how you how would you react to that? As 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 any anybody like me that that watches the screenplay and watches the 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 cinema, the film, um, you see that it's in context. You see that it's it's in context. But then you you fall back and you listen to people's criticisms about it. Does he go overboard with insisting that this word be used this many times? I can I can understand each argument with the context of of the screenplay and the and the movie that comes out that we get to see. There's just probably a lot more on the cutting room floor with the way he produces a movie. Um, do I have a problem with it? Not I, I didn't even pay attention to it until I heard people complaining about it, to be honest with you. And then I started taking a little umbrage about it, but it wasn't to the point to where I was going to stop watching his movies or have a protest against his movies. I think they did it the right way by bringing it to his attention. Say, hey, man, look, just because you're a white guy that has a whole lot of connections with black people, powerful people, don't mean you get the absolute right to use the n-word as much as much as you want dude keep that shit in check i think that was the right thing to do let me uh let me add to that real quickly uh that samuel l jackson uh was quoted as saying and i'm reading this an actual quote from an interview on rolling stone samuel jackson says i get tired of defending quentin because of that because i think he has a right to a right to write what he writes I don't censor him. I never said to him, you know, you can't say the N-word that many times. There have been times where I said it more times than he wrote it, and he kind of looks at me, and I go, that's the rhythm of the sentence. If you're going to say it there, I got to say it here. And he'll go, okay, fine. So Samuel Jackson, who, is, who has said it probably more times than any of the actors in the Tarantino uh, acting pool, uh, is cool with it. And I think that there's just a feud going on between Spike Lee and, and Quentin Tarantino. They don't like each other. And that's part of what precipitated that uh, 
that controversy. Well, well although I, I do believe that even Quentin Tarantino, as much as he, as good as his movies are, as well as they are produced, well as they are written, Spike Lee is the same in his genre and how he does his thing. Everybody needs to have a check. Say, hey, hey, man, hey, look, you need to be aware of what you're doing here. And that's that's a bit much, dude. Even if Samuel Jackson is okay with it, cool. You probably giving him however much money. Of course, he's going to be all right with that. But the rest of us are saying, "Hey, man, don't 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 keep just using that as a linchpin to your movies. Don't well, make I mean, that." For, for, Hold I, on. I mean, I, by the way, Dan Aguirre has to leave, so let's say goodbye to him. Dan, go save some lives, brother. I think he left. He left. <laughs> Can I uh, add a couple like obscure, uh, maybe not totally obscure, but before they started uh, uh, becoming the famous uh, directing duo that they are today, the Coen brothers made a couple early crime films called, one was called Blood Simple, the other was called Fargo. I got to add those ones to the list. If you haven't seen Blood Simple, man, it is fucking raw. Great. It's killer. It's so good, man. Uh, and then uh, David Lynch, of course, made a couple of classics as well, with Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart. So I know Dan Aguirre's a big fan of uh, those David Lynch movies, Twin Peaks and all that stuff. I just, yeah, I just I want to it. make sure everybody understands, I am Nomad L. Jackson. I'm the king, <laughs> of, no, no, no. I'm the king of motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if I could just interject, my wife, Kitty, like she has... 25 plus years of experience working with these actors and working on these productions and 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 working with people who have worked with all sorts of people and making friends you, you know aldo you make friends all over the course of your production business and you you know you know inside stories as a husband of kitty i know those too and i can tell you this much that tarantino gives all of his actors the freedom to do what they want. So if they want to use that N-word as much as they want to use, they're allowed to use it. it. You know, Samuel L. Jackson uses it all the time. Yeah, he's he's got to have the record. He's got to have the record. If he, if he doesn't, ain't nobody, ain't nobody getting no fucking license to. So, so not, not anybody. Any, listen, anybody that don't look like me don't got a fucking license to use the N-word as much as they want to. I'm just no, I know, but but he's giving them the he gives them the freedom to use it if they want, and nah. if they if they have the if if they are of that you know genre or the, that color to use it and they want to use it that freely they can. Those are the things that I've learned from just the basic behind the scenes listening to stuff. So, shit from my, my wife that works have in this you, industry. Have you guys seen Blood Simple? It's kind of obscure, but it, man, it's a killer movie. Yeah, highly you recommend. Know, to, to Wait, have you guys, see, have you guys seen... There's a new movie out called The Menu? Yeah. That's on my... It's next. My brother called oh. me. He's like, you gotta watch The Menu. Oh, <laughs> what is it? You, what is it? I don't, the Menu. That's a HBO Max. It's on. Oh, it is. Yeah. I just got it. Dude, it is awesome. What is like, it about? Well, um, it's about a... I can't even tell you. I'll give it away. It's about a chef that... Uh, uh, let me try to sum it up. A chef, a super chef that every the world-renowned, everyone knows. And they go to his 
place on an island to have a, a, a very exclusive meal. And this one is very exclusive. And it kind of explains the whole premises of being a chef. It's the kind of movie that has you thinking for days. I woke up the next day, I, I dreamt about it. And then I woke up the next day thinking about it all day long. And I said to Kitty, I was like, that was really fucking powerful because of this and this and this. I don't want to give any of it away, but please go watch The Chef. It, uh, wow. It, it yeah, puts yeah. you into yeah. the, the perspective of, wow. If you devoted your life to something and, and, and everyone kept shitting on it, no matter what. Yeah, you I did, heard it's really you good. Tried to perfect it. And then somebody went, oh, the emotion wasn't perfect. You know, it's a great movie. That's all I'll say. Go watch it. I'm telling you, the, the, the people who are, who are quoting Quentin Tarantino in here, Kaleidoscope is like a Quentin Tarantino TV series without the pop culture references, without the uh, I'm smarter than you uh, portions of dialogue that probably didn't need to be in the screenplay. But it's uh, that same kind of style. That's got a great soundtrack. It's got some really excellent actors and actresses in it. What about Django? Django, Nomad? Django? Nomad? No, no, hold on. I'll get to Django, but what is that? Who? What's that movie where he was, uh, where Samuel Jackson was in that snow and they ended up in a hateful eight? Man, I can't get that. That they were in there and that cold scene. That was so. Yeah, it's like that hot ass uh, stew. I want a bowl of yeah. stew right fucking now. I want, <laughs> I want that shit they were yeah. eating right there. No, man, you got to come over. My uh, my wife made some stew. As tonight. gross as it might have been at the time. Man, right? like, I want that shit. Delicious. Hey, I got to tell you one reason why I desperately want to see the menu is because this woman is in it, Anna Taylor-Joy. Mm, I love her, man. She mm-hmm. is so exotic looking, so sexy. She's yeah. almost alien exotic, right? Her yes. eyes. Yes, yes. her eyes are very yeah. wide apart. She's yeah. like an elf. Yeah. Her, her eyes are almost on the side of her head, too, like a Picasso. She's almost a, she's a very odd, beautiful. Have you guys yeah. seen The Queen's Gambit? I, I have not. I, it, I it's like seen. a sports movie, but with chess, and she's the freaking star. Mm-hmm. Hey, she hey, decides she's going to become a world champion chess player. If you got to mm-hmm. see it. Put that picture up again. Uh, you want to see this picture again? There it is. She, she oh, looked like her is. ass looked like her back. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she ain't got no ass to be found. I mean, that motherfucker is oh, absolutely- she's scrawny. No, well, she is skinny. But she, party. she is a little, uh, a little curvy. She's Hispanic, so she's got some curves with her. Uh, I can't imagine that. She no, is. Nobody like- wants that. that- he wants that fucking big old thick ass trunk on her. I just I just don't want to be fucking, I just don't want to be fucking drywall, that's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that shit look flat than a motherfucker, man. I need something to bounce off of. <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't gonna work. That look look like she got two bars of soap in her back pocket or something. <laughs> Well, my various took my advice and changed the uh, spelling on his name. I am glad to see that. Uh, by the way, if you are interested in big butts, call one eight hundred. Baby got back. <laughs> I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You ever <laughs> seen a girl in a tight ass pair of jeans, and it looked like she just got two bars of soap, ivory soap, in her back pocket? Just look like what is that little shit, man? What the fuck is up? 
what the fuck I'm supposed to do with that? She hollering. She tried to get at me and shit. I'm like, what I'm gonna do with that, man? That's that's those are those fucking '90s guest jeans that they're wearing again now, man. Those fucking '90s guest jeans that came up to their hips. Yeah, they're coming back, man. Hey, hey, my grandmother used to wear Calvin Klein's. That's my granny. She used to wear those motherfuckers. Sassoon. Given that I spent so much time on Pornhub, it's only appropriate that I have a porn mustache. <laughs> oh my gosh! Eldo, Eldo, I, I wanted to present this to you. Okay, okay. Eldo, bear their souls. Okay, think of this. Okay. Let's let's just uh, bear, close your eyes. Okay, close your eyes with me. Uh, the starting the the first week of the season, you and I, the week. Leading up, we shave our, our faces clean shaven, okay? Keep your eyes closed. I'm and then out. we don't shave until the Bears make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that, man. <laughs> Somebody pays me to do that, I might consider it. Like That's like for me uh, trading Justin Fields. I might consider like if, if I give you a dollar a month. Would you do it? <laughs> a dollar a month. <laughs> Although gonna have a, a, a longer best beer. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking. Yeah, we're, this is like the, tr- the Justin Fields trade scenario. Come on, what's it gonna take, Aldo? Two dollars. No, five dollars a month. Why don't we do it this way? Is if, if people uh, uh, send a, a certain amount of money for oh. Watts's trip to. Chicago to see a Bears game, something that you started to go fund me, then yeah, I'll fucking I'll I'll bald my hair off. I'll shave it all off. Uh if I won't get... shave my head, but if we started like a like a like a, a chat fund to have you and I shave our beards mm-hmm. clean shaven <laughs> before game one, we we go we do like we can go on like do like a Sunday morning before game like a like a tailgate live show. I'll come up with you, we'll both prove we're Clean shaven, and then from that day on, we don't shave until they make the playoffs. Why don't you include a- Nomad on this? Because we can't fucking see him. How about you, Toots? You want to do this? Because I'd make no. him look a dog's ass <laughs> in a bet. I'd make him look a dog's ass. Hey, you know what we need to do is get a petition going on about these uniforms so Aldo can quit having to listen to me about that shit. I want to hear, I want to see a variation in our uniforms. I want to see fresh. Drippy, just just uniforms drippy. that make drippy. That's what they say right now. They drip. You need drip. There's, there there are uniforms in the league like you see variations in the in the Bengals uniforms. <laughs> you see variations in. Let me think of another team. Even the Cardinals right now. There are uniforms are. You have to understand this. I groom and I train young defensive backs that are getting ready to go to college and get scholarships. This is what I was doing before. Don't quote me right now. This is what I was doing before uh, COVID happened. That totally changed my life, but that's what I was doing. And you'd be surprised. I sent kids to Oregon. I sent kids to Michigan, Minnesota, uh, USC. And I'm not saying that I sent them. I trained them so they had the ability to go and get those scholarships. What I'm saying is, You'd be surprised how the the things that they think about as far as the reasons they want to go to a school, 
And I guarantee you, every time, I mean, it is unanimous across the line. Every last one of them considered the uniforms. So what I'm saying is, you know, it, it's the same thing with, with guys coming out of college. They're not that much older, and they still see it the same way. They want to go to teams that have fresh, hot-ass-looking uniforms, and that's the teams that they choose in free agency. We need to change that. Those striped socks, those little rings around the, the calf of your that just got to go, dude. That shit is – I know people are steeped in tradition in Chicago, but that shit is dead, man. That shit's got to go. Seriously. Well, I don't mind the stripes as much, but I'm 100% with you that it is time to update the uniforms. It is time. I mean, you know, what Oregon does with their uniforms, you know, exactly is, is sensational. And, yeah, a lot of athletes yeah. are going to want to play there because they want to look fucking cool when they are suited up. And I'm surprised that the, the NFL hasn't adopted that more often, this, you know, color rush thing. That's stupid. The fucking throwback uniforms, that's stupid. Hopefully uh, Kevin uh, Warren, the new uh, CEO of the Bears, is going to bring some of that innovative thinking that he had at the as Big Ten commissioner. He's going to bring it to the Bears with their uniform selection, designs, and all sorts of stuff. I hope so, man. Although your superpowers know. are on the shelf. Dust them motherfuckers off. You got connections somewhere down there. And Foster, you think it's a you think it's a benign subject. But I'm telling you, man, a kid 16, 17 years old, this is the kind of shit they talk about. I, I mean, I thought it was bullshit at first, but then it consistently sure. kept on happening. Aldo is Aldo's got more power than he thinks. You got a connection down there to make <laughs> that shit happen. Come on, Tuccini. You you disagree with me or with them, right? I hate those You're on my guys. side. Do you like the Bears uniforms? You want them to change? Uh, I'm kind of like I, I kind of want to. Uh, 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 I would like to see them take a page out of the Ducks book. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> I don't know. Which was typing out a text, uh, you know, a hit, you know, yeah, get that motherfucker. He still owes me 20 uh, grand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? What, what uniform? Uh, I'm on, I'm on hey, Nomad side. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, hey, I, I love Bury him over there. Bury him over there. He was saying to his guy. Hey, really quickly, guys. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, if you listen to Kevin Warren's uh, statement, I don't know if he was talking to Hogue. I don't know if he said it during his actual press conference but he kind of said it but he was in he was meaning in terms of of uh, mental health and all that kind of stuff but he said that you know uh the college game has always been way ahead of the nfl game mm -hmm. the nfl is actually constantly trying to duplicate what what the college game is doing yep. whether it's style of offense the things that they do i mean and that can be uh you can you can say the same thing in terms of uniforms if you if you are a guy that's coming into an organization that has a uh, a situation where they want to build a, a stadium, and you don't quite have the money as an organization to do it, what do you do, sir? Uh, I think you start with getting some merchandise out there that the fans will gravitate to. This is the strongest, I think, the strongest fan base in the league, and you you can pretty much sell us anything. You give can us I, some fresh. I, go ahead, I, man. I, I don't. I disagree. Why? I mean, I, I I know what you're saying, 
you steep okay. in tradition. No, man. no, no, no. I, I agree with you to an 85% degree perspective. And that's why I think that the Bears have been doing what they've been doing. They've been kind of introducing this uniform and that one. And quite frankly, my favorite one of them of them all is the the square orange letters, you know, or numbers with the just this just the orange stripes, whatever that year is. I don't fucking know what that is, but that's my favorite one, where it's like the blocky numbers. And then they went into this weird one with the crazy stripes on the ankles and all that shit. And I mean, they could probably find some other weird one that they could, you know, make better. And I, I disagree with you that I think that they should actually change the uh, uniform entirely. But if you wanted to go the route of tr- of making like a, a th- like a, a new throwback style uniform where they were they just made a new one for one game a year or two games a year, I might be down with that. Maybe you want instead of like the the stripes. Remember, remember the, the remember the old Denver Broncos with the D on the helmet when John Elway yeah. before John Elway won a championship. Remember that? Yeah, he had a D yeah. on the helmet. And a, and a horse in the middle kicking. Right. Yeah, everybody, they felt the same way in Denver. Don't change it. We like our tradition. And then they changed it, and everybody fell in love with it because they won Super Bowls. But then they brought they it back. all the fucking body. For the throwbacks. And they loved it. all that tradition, man. We had that. That was history. That's always there. If we you, can if, go back to it. But if, we need some fresh If you want to change the uniform for like a game or two per season, I'm fine with that. Like make it a brand new uniform, but I would be as a fan, like almost offended if you like took away the original if there was no original Bears uniform anymore. You you just have a dick across your forehead because it's going to happen. They're going to eventually. I don't have that big cock in the the beginning of the the opening of the show on my forehead. I, I think that I'm I think I think I think, I think Chicago. I think Bears fans are so steep in tradition that they can't imagine change. I think we're so steeped in '85. We're so steeped in tradition and the things that have happened in the past. I think we'll always have that. That's never going anywhere. We'll have that to reach to and grab when we want to use it and we want to see that. But don't be obtuse to change. Don't be that guy. Don't be the dude with, hey, get off my lawn. Dude, change has to happen. <laughs> it has to. <laughs> in his robe, in his robe at the yeah, front door. Hey, get the fuck off my back. You can always get him to take off the glasses. <laughs> I, I got one, uh, uh, one thing, Alden. I don't know if you saw this uh, story over. Uh, this is like, uh, did you guys catch the Chargers and the Jaguars game? It was like, uh, yes. Okay. So uh, uh, the first half of the game, the Jaguars were, were they kind of slept walk through the first half of the game. They were like down 27 nothing, and somebody bet $1.4 million to win $11,000 on the Chargers. Oh, Are you kidding me? No. And they Whoa. lost for 11 grand. You've got $1.4 million in your pocket. Why would you do that? Whoa. <laughs> Holy uh, that's like the worst uh worst bet ever the, the unluckiest gambler ever they all rolled into one although god damn see now <laughs> I, I here's i am happy this motherfucker lost his bet because if he can get 
$1.4 million. <laughs> to and win 11000 And he's probably complaining about having to pay taxes. If he can bet that much, I'm glad that he lost that fucking money. That, what, what an idiot. <laughs> what's 11000 to a right off. Yeah, he's got to be worth 1.4 billion to be able to do that. No shit. Yep. Good one, man. Anyways, that, 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 that flashed up there. And then uh, uh, I, uh, job, you know, my uh, my wife uh, came home finally from, so I, I you know, I, I've got help with the, uh, with the uh, toddlers that's, now. Uh, yeah, I drove to Omaha to pick her up. I saw, I dropped in on our old friend, uh, Aldo. Let's celebrate. Come on now. Let's celebrate. I love it. <laughs> I, I dropped in on Aaron. We had dinner. <laughs> love so, it. The, uh, the, uh, I got to tell you, like, I love that song. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs. I think if, if, I, if I were, if I die and I make it into heaven, I want that song to play when I walk past the pearly gates because then I, I know I've made it, you know? <laughs> so well, if, if celebration is playing. <laughs> Could be the double plane, and then you're on your way downstairs. <laughs> that would be a celebration, but yeah, it could be a, a cruel joke, although. <laughs> I know that. Too, I know that. Too cheeny. Too cheeny. Uh, you know, Kitty. Kitty has gone through. Kitty and myself have gone through the same thing that you and your wife have gone through, and uh, yep. we both. Man, put your glasses, glasses on, man. Fuck you! I'm keeping my glasses up. Doing, man. <laughs> Glasses are coming off now. That's there's no more glasses jokes over here. Okay. What are you doing, man? I, I, I look like, like this fucking guy now. Look. How did we ever hire that guy? Look, man. Look, look, this, this motherfucker using eyebrow pencils and shit. <laughs> no, I actually, I actually used a. What you doing, man? A fucking black dry erase marker. To draw in my eyebrows. Uh, fill it in a little more. Fill it in a little more. Let's see you do that. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. He hey, looks like a completely hey. different person without his glasses. Hey, hey, I hey, know, what, right? Thank you. Hey, that's what, that's what the crossdressers do in Atlanta, man. Fuck these glasses. I keep getting made fun of. So I'm going to take my glasses off. And I'm going to paint in my eyebrows with a fucking draw race marker. Hey, what you doing, man? Dude, I'm telling you, I've said this before. My, my goddamn eyebrows—they end right here. They go like this. Those look like tampons. Well, I, I, I have to fill them in with a dry erase marker. There you go. <laughs> what, what? When I was, uh, when I was, uh, did, I tell, did I tell the story, Aldo, about the eyebrow tattoos? Yeah, go ahead. Tell it. When I was in the Philippines, we were. Uh, I was out with my oh, wife. Oh, I remember this. Yes, some some of her friends was out uh, with with my wife and some of her friends, and one of the friends, like their childhood friends, now they're you know in their forties. Uh, she had lot, you know, no eyebrows, so she got tattoos. They looked terrible, so they were completely ripping on her the whole time. She was loving it. it was so funny, <laughs> like tattooed eyebrows. They just look so bad. Like, what do you do once you've got you get eyebrow tattoos and they just don't come out the way the way you want them to? Something burn those off. Motherfucker, looking like he he stood too close to a goddamn fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to send a, a picture to Aldo before I was 
desperately trying to send you a picture, Elda, when I was a kid, when I had eyebrows that went all the way around. And now, my, my eyebrows now go like this. So it's like I have to wear glasses because it looks like I'm always angry. Yeah, you know? man, I, can't, I can't believe you like, actually drew your eyebrows. I literally, I did it as a joke. But then it was like, well, how'd you find good. the right color, though, man? What'd you find? It was a uh, fucking ass, black marker. What'd you, you find? An ass hair marker? I got a goddamn. <laughs> I got a dry erase marker right here, but I have. I use a black one. Go ahead, put a little it. more on. Put a little and more on. And then I just went like this. There you go. There you go. Are those tattoos? And I just kind of drew it around. And I was like, well, at least my eyebrows don't look like this. Hold on. I'm, let me go like this. <laughs> at least they don't they always look like across. this. Yeah, there you go. Well, let, let Put a like little this. bit in the middle. Oh my! Oh, I've gone the wrong direction. <laughs> this motherfucker's motherfucker a human Mr. Potato Head, right? Oh, here on on. I've gone the right direction. There we go. You look uh, a lot more Put Italian. On at least I didn't do that. Right, hold on. Doesn't hold he look on. a lot more Italian without his glasses? There you go. It looks a lot more like that tiny that the uh, nomad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could literally just go uh, with a with a marker, and then go over here and go uh, with a marker and go look. I have eyebrows now. <laughs> God. Don't be don't be trying to give kids suckers and shit, man. One thing I gotta say about the Kevin no, Williams the hire is I'm is still married. Kevin Williams would never hire have hired Tressman. That's that's gotta count for something. Kevin Warren, yeah. I, I keep Warren. Warren. You got me started. Now you got that's the Kevin Williams. It's, it's definitely my fault. Now uh Cliff wants to know if you might mind putting some of that red marker on your lips. <laughs> Oh wait, hold on. Man, don't you guys both <laughs> don't you guys both live yeah. in Florida? You guys gonna get together? I'll do I got show? I got a red one, Cliff. Here you go. Hey, wait, give me give me the big one. Hold on. Give me the he big might, one. He he might cry game game too. Hey, careful, he might cry and game your ass. Yep. <laughs> all right. Candy colored clown. Candy colored clown, although <laughs> he might fold your ass up. Oh, there we go. Nice. Oh boy, man. That boy, that boy, that boy has you guys, a you guys see like, my wife's done? face. My wife's face right now is like <laughs> that boy has an awful pretty mouth. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, guys, it is time to close this episode. Why don't we go around the, the, the bend here and uh, talk a little yeah. bit about our shout outs? Let's let uh. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Shorty Fish. Can, candy colored clown. <laughs> candy God. Well, All right. as long as I'm not wearing my glasses and you can't make fun of me anymore. <laughs> uh, Tooch, go ahead, brother. All right. Uh, shout outs, man. I want to uh, shout out my wife for returning to me. <laughs> for fucking, I was lost without her. Shit. Yes, yes. Awesome. <laughs> I almost died. The toddlers nearly killed me. You know? <laughs> Got to shout out Aaron uh, Mikulski for taking me to a great spot in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Man, Quaker Steak and Lube. Got to shout that place out. The wings were freaking amazing. There they had might 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 have been the best onion rings I've ever had too. Uh, Got to shout out Aaron. Uh, I know he's listening. He he says he listens to uh, Bear Souls every every week. So uh, got to have him, get him back on the show. Uh, he's been busy, but uh, shout yeah. out to. Uh, 
yeah. I was just going to say, Aaron I, I want back on the show because he and I saw this movie called Troll that we need to talk to everyone about. Yeah, so I saw it too. Yeah. Awesome, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, uh, <laughs> shouting out uh, HBO Max for putting out great shows like The Menu and and uh, uh, if you haven't seen Last of Us based on the video game, man, really excellent. Got a 9.6 out of 10. Is it too Is it? I, what's I'm, I'm right there, dude. Just convince me. For uh, Last of Us? Yes. Yeah, it's great. It Love is it. good. Yep. yep. Very good. Tonight. Yep. Tucci, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, brother. Yep. At John Santucci VIP. Big day today. Seven and three in college basketball. Nice. Boom. Nailed it. Finally figuring out. Had some rough weeks. Just college basketball. It's like you break it down. You, you you crack the numbers and you think, oh, this is, you know, and it does. It's gone the opposite this way. You, uh, past three years, I've killed college basketball. This year has been a little tough. Teams, uh, I think I'm starting to get it figured out a little bit more. Uh, seven and three, big night tonight with some of my top plays. And then uh, shout out to uh, Aldo and like Nomad and Mr. Shorty and Dan Aguirre, uh, the whole gang here for all the work put in uh, and all of the barflies in the chat room, even though they're fucking pain in the asses tonight with their whining about us talking about shit. We don't want to talk about fucking the 100th birthday of Virginia McCaskey, bro. <laughs> That's it. Don't forget, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> or, no or call me. Call, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to Tucci. No, 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 call, call, call Tucci. I'll help you out. Uh, we'll make you gamble more. We'll give you some tips. <laughs> no, man, what do you got for us, brother? First of all, thanks to you guys, number one. Number two, thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to everybody watching the show live. Thanks to everybody watching it later on on whatever stream devices, however you're watching the show or listening to it. Thank you all. We need you all to do that. Second thing is, thank you to the uh, McCaskey family for being different and stepping away from the mold and doing something that nobody else is doing. Thank you guys for that. And then the last thing and the most important thing is, you know, people in your regular lives doing things that are impacting other people in a good way, thinking about other people instead of yourself. Because when you help other people, you help yourself all the time. Do right by people, be good to people. It's not that hard. And and just be be kind and be gentle to people, man. And that spread, spread that love, man. Love and respect to all of y'all. I love it. The other Dan, what do you got for us? Spread that uh, love, uh, no man. I just want to say, one eight hundred eight what. I just want to say Nomad 69858 <laughs> St. Omni says Hackney's onion rings are not bad. I love oh, yeah. Hackney's. Hackney, Hackney's on Harms. Yep. Ah, oh, I grew up yeah, there. Great as a burger my, too. I, I had a, I have a drunk aunt who took me there Uncle all the time. Chicken. <laughs> and she gave me like eighteen dollars or twenty bucks and quarters to go play video games. And I love Hackney's. Well, I waited for my aunt to drink when I would hang out with her on the weekends. It was great. I love that place. So I just wanted to say I love all of you in chat. If it you guys in chat, it would not 
make this show run if it wasn't for you guys. And Aldo, Tooch, Dan, Nomad, everyone here in the bar room. I mean, seriously, so much love in my heart for you. And I will continue to make fun of myself on this network with fucking... Uh, yeah, you're like... Makeup. You're like Andy Reid, the Andy Reid of our show. I'll I'll, I'll use exactly. <laughs> I'll use dry I'll, I'll use dry erase makeup every day. Kitty's in the background getting ready to squeeze his ass with a dildo on right now. She about She's to sitting there looking at me like, what are you doing? Pegged. I'm like, no, I got this. I got. She this. about to hit that. She about to hit that. She. I just made her horny too. She's like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Second time for the day. <laughs> and I just Dude, I, lo I love you guys. Great show. Thank you so much, man. And I will conclude things by saying uh, thanks to everyone who has joined us live. We had a nice audience today. Let people know that every Tuesday night we're just going to go crazy here. We're going to talk about wild football topics. We're going to uh, push the envelope and just create questions and have some controversy, have some debates. It's all going to be very respectful. And we're going to have some laughs along the way. Um, next Tuesday show is going to have a special uh, opening. Uh, Steve Kornacki of MSNBC News is going to join us. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have Steve Kornacki next week. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's right. Stay tuned for that. With his, with his draft breakdown. That's right. You, you, you no, know Steve Kornacki does nope. NBC halftime, uh, does the playoff scenario. He's got the big boards. Yeah. Everybody here knows who Steve Kornacki is. We're going to have him next week. He's going to open the show. Welcome Everyone aboard, Steve. <laughs> You'll get the joke next week. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like when you wait for the, uh, the, the credits to end after the end of a Marvel movie and you see what's coming up next. Yes. That's what she fuckers are sitting around waiting for right now. That's what you're getting. <laughs> exactly. So with that, we'll uh, let people know that tomorrow – what's going on tomorrow? Tomorrow's Wednesday. Oh, do you guys know who John Scott is, the hockey player who was a, a – played with seven NHL teams in his 10 mm. years in the NHL? And then the, on the internet, somebody started a prank to get him voted onto the All-Star game. And he got voted, despite the fact that in his career he's only had like two goals. He was, he was a goon. He, he was brought in to fight the other – team's uh, top players. Well, anyways, he got voted onto the All-Star game, and the NHL didn't want to let him play, but because of all the protests that happened, he got onto the All-Star game, and guess what? The motherfucker wins the MVP. He is going to be the guest on the Barroom Network's uh, Bar Down Hockey Talk with Vinny Parisi and Frank Mueller. That's at 2 p.m. Central tomorrow wednesday so make sure you catch that or catch it on demand that should be a sensational interview and those guys will also talk plenty of bears uh, on their show so watch that tomorrow and then tomorrow night i think we've got an open night tomorrow so uh if anybody wants to come on and uh and talk uh bears uh uh mr shorty the tooch nomad if you have available time i'll what give you, you the open night me and nomad are gonna recap last of us tomorrow night we have we have nothing programmed for tomorrow night. It's an empty night on the schedule. So open so mic night, huh? Open mic oh, night. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, I want some extra. Got... I want some extra. Oh. No man, I got some. Godfather, open mic night. Oh, look at you, you there. Yeah. yeah. So open mic night. 
So that's what we got going live here on the Barroom Network over the next 24 hours and plenty of more stuff later in the week. Guys, I love working with you, love laughing with you, and most of all, I love my bourbon. Talk to you guys oh, later. Oh, yeah. <laughs>